Uyunglele. Touchdown, Ross! They go with a run at 33, and that's blown up right at the point. John Richard. Four-man front for the toss, drifting back in coverage. There comes the pressure. Way Walker, shot out of a cannon. Minute, near side, pass is caught. George Pickens. Gary lost a yard in his first one. They back it to him and smothering the quarterback is Tyreek Smith. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Draft on Tap. My name is Aldo Gandia, and before I bring the fellas in, I have a personal note. Uh, today, I received a phone call from my great friend and partner, Ryan Bagley, and he told me that he was going to step away from the barroom to concentrate on family matters and to take care of himself. And it was bittersweet because this guy has been with us virtually from the very beginning. He's become a brother to me, a close friend, and the Barroom Network would not be what it is if it was not for Ryan Badgley. I'm going to miss him dearly, but of course, he's my friend, and so we're going to stay in touch. Actually, you know, I'm a terrible friend sometimes. I don't call anybody. Hopefully, he'll call me. But in honor of his uh, so-called retirement from the Barroom Network, we uh, retired the letter R for a day. Uh, so as you can see, if you noticed on our Twitter handle, uh, the Barroom word was uh, missing a letter R in honor of Ryan Badgley. So Ryan, love you. And uh, as I told you, the keys to the place are yours and you can use them anytime to come in and do whatever you like. Uh, so uh, good luck to you and your, and your beautiful beautiful family. Let me bring in Danny Shimon, who has uh, worked alongside Ryan Badgley. Uh, Danny, how are you? And what do you think about Badge? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, I was shocked too when, when uh, Ryan uh, let us know that he was going to be stepping away. Uh, hopefully it's a, it's a Tom Brady retirement, right? Hopefully, you know, it takes a couple of weeks away, realizes, you know what, the wife and the kids are really bothering me. Let me get back into this bar room. So, you know, fingers crossed. But, you know, uh, all joking aside, I, I wish Ryan the best. I, I hit him up. I know I, unlike you, although I do reach out via text, I've I texted Ryan. I told him, Hey man, if you need anything, like Aldo said, the, the bar room is always open for you. You can come back whenever you want. You can pull a Tom Brady or Brett Favre, whatever, whatever you want to do, always come back. And uh, yeah, I wish him nothing but the best. And we're always going to be here for him. And of course him and I started draft on tap. Uh, you know, uh, this, he was my original partner on this show. So, okay. um, but yeah, we're, he's going to be missed and uh, he's always going to be a, a big member of this uh, bar room. So he'll never be forgotten. You won't. Uh, and uh, Neil Stopchinski will never be forgotten. Neil, how are you, brother? Ooh. I'm great, man. I'm great. I feel like we should be uh, pouring one out for a homie, right? Uh, yeah, I got one right here. Same <laughs> <laughs> <Stay> Water. <laughs> never oh. start a show without one. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. You know, uh, it's, it was only a year and a half with the guy, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that, that just kind of hit all of us like a ton of bricks earlier. He puts this big old, uh, you know, doctor dissertation on, on the group chat earlier today and says he's, he's rolling, he, you know, he's, he's rocking off into the sunset. So, yeah. Well, yeah. he's been uh, uh, with us for five years and for a, a lot of those years, I mean, he was, he was so b busy with barroom stuff. He was the one that started our social uh, services, uh, community action activities, uh, established a relationship with the Allen Robinson Within Reach Foundation, did a number of other things. He was just uh, always so busy, but he uh, it's a well-deserved time off. And like you said, uh, 
Danny, hopefully uh, he pulls the Tom Brady and comes back. <laughs> good stuff. And we got a really good show uh, for everyone uh, today. It's going to be chock full of fun and info. You know, I was playing, I've been playing around with that fun and info. That could be kind of a good byline for a lot of the stuff we do because we always have fun and we always uh, dispense with in great information and receive information from the many people in our chat room. Um, we do have a guest today, and so uh, he's going to provide us with a lot of fun and info, and his name is Damian Parson. He is from the Draft Network, the National Scout. Damian, uh, it is great to have you here. First time on a Barroom Network show. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good, fellas. I appreciate the invite, man. I'm uh, excited to talk some ball. Yeah, I, you know, I, I uh, was uh, going around YouTube looking at some uh, – videos and stuff and i stumbled upon yours that you produced right after the senior bowl and you listed you were at the senior bowl you listed some of the players you were impressed with so i'd like to start the questioning there uh tell us about uh, your experience at the super bowl who excuse me senior bowl and uh who were some of the players that really stood out for you man the senior bowl experience was uh it was a lot of fun i really i thoroughly enjoyed it uh i was there the entire week flew in sunday left the following sunday and, um, you know, just being around, you know, of course, the TEN family and then, you know, being around different, you know, scouts and, and NFL personnel and different people like that. Just being in the midst of everything. Right. And then seeing uh, the players up close, getting a chance to really put everything in perspective, because you see him on TV and it's like, oh, I mean, he's, you know, you, you see what he's listed, you know, for, for example, Malik Willis. Right. We hear. He's got tree trunk legs. He's got the big calves and broad shoulders. You don't really get to appreciate that until you're actually close to him. You know, you're standing side by side to him, side by side with him. And not just guys like him, but Perry and Winfrey and Travis Jones, man, just a humongous human being. You know, uh, you know, Jesse Lucetta, the the hybrid uh linebacker, off-ball linebacker edge from Penn State. Uh, you know. Just that whole experience was just a lot of fun. Got, you know, the second day of practice, we were uh, literally rained on the entire practice from the moment we got out there to the moment we left. Uh, I actually, had to, we had to go on back, changing clothes because we were soaked. But crazy thing about it is, you know, you, you know, we've seen those, uh, the games where there's that random fan sitting up at the top. Got his poncho on, you know, nobody's bothering him. Yeah, that was me at the senior bowl. I was at the very top, you know, getting rained on, didn't care. Just, you know, looking at guys, taking notes on my phone um, and, and just enjoying the experience, man. And, and, you know, being, especially day three, just being inside uh, kind of the close practice and, and being able to see up close and personal a lot of different things, GMs walking by. It was just, it was experience, man. You know, you just kind of, you know, take a deep breath and soak it all in. You're making Neil, uh, Danny, and me envious because we were unable to go this year. <laughs> but uh, that's the experience we've had. Uh, I've gone three years. Danny, you've gone four. Neil, you've gone three or four uh, as well. Mm -hmm. We've always had a great time down there and can't wait to get back. Hopefully next season, um, Nagy does a great job running that operation. Oh, yeah. Great. He he runs a just a tremendous, you know, entire program from start to finish. Everything, man. You know, it, he the way he does it. I, I would say the NFL should take some notes when it comes down to the combine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he really runs a great program there. He's just a, a awesome guy himself. Uh, shout out to Jim Nagy, man. 
There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Yep. Big time. So, Damien, going down at, at the senior bowl, uh, to me, you know, the, the whole draft process is, is always like, like a three stage thing, right? It's always the senior bowl is the first stage, uh, the combine second stage, and then we mm-hmm. go to, to pro days if, if the players, you know, choose it. So, for, for you, you know, Neil and I had a, had a show here. We talked about guys that, because we still had access to the tapes, to the practice tapes. So, we were able to break those down and, and look at them, even though we weren't there uh, in person. But uh, for you, who do you think elevated themselves? I know you talked about Malik Willis. I know he had uh, a, a big week in terms of, you know, interviews and all that stuff. He impressed a lot of teams from what I've heard. Uh, but in terms of on the field, anybody in particular uh, really stood off for you and kind of elevated the game where, you know, they were maybe a, a day two, maybe day three pick. Now all of a sudden you're talking about them, you know, late first round possibilities. Oh, man. You know, well, first guy you, you named was Malik Willis. Like that, that was a guy that was going to probably be a late, you know, first round pick to where now the talk is him going to, to the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, the way he impressed that staff, the way that they, they realized and, and understood, okay, he's a ball of clay and he's extremely coachable. He's picking, picking up what they're giving him in between the practice reps, you know, just watching that interaction with him and, uh, and Dan Campbell and the coaching staff was a lot of fun. Um, a guy that, I wouldn't say anybody else really would jump up from day from second round to late first, possibly. Well, no, Perry and Winfrey. Perry and Winfrey is someone that I definitely could see, depending on how the board falls, a team taking and, and looking for that single gap penetrating defensive lineman that just plays with a unreal motor. Uh, you know, you put on the tape of him at Oklahoma, they got him a lot at one tech, the zero tech, playing nose. And he's, I believe he's like 290. You know, he's not a nose tackle. He's not, you know, Jordan Davis. He's not Travis Jones. And it's just like, but you see that a lot with a lot of college defenses. You know, Majay Sanders, they got him playing five tech when he's 245, 235 pounds. It's just like, you know, it's just a weird way to use some of these players. But Perry and Winfrey, when they, you know, looking at what happened with him, he gets to Mobile and the coaching staff's like, you know what? single gap attack and, and just go go forward get vertical and just be you basically they let him be himself violent hands he's a violent individual on you know between the lines he has just this really infectious energy you know just a lot of fun to be around really cool dude and he loves the game like he absolutely loves the game um Another guy that, that really helped himself, as we probably all know, Jermaine Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, he transferred from Georgia because, of the, the as we see, the plethora of talent their defensive front had. Um, and he's like, you know, I, I just can't sit and wait any, any longer. I got to go to a place where I can start, get my snap share, and produce. Goes to Florida State, has a great season, 12 and a half sacks. Crazy thing about it is even with the 12 and a half sacks, he was still a restricted rusher. They didn't just let him pin his ears and just go. He got to Mobile, similar to Perry mm-hmm. and Winfrey, and they let him go. Yeah. And you saw the, the the maturity in his pass rush. And I talked about it on the spaces last night, just watching his practice tape, you know, every step. Like, he's he's calculated, and he has a plan. And that's what I love about, I love about mature rushers. When you have a plan on how you want to attack an offensive lineman, like that, that really solidifies everything for me because a lot of guys they try to win off of power, win off of length, win off of athleticism and burst and speed. But then you need to have a plan just in case that outside path is taken. 
can you cut back inside? Can you, you know, rip and 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 get inside of that that offensive lineman's, um, you know, inside of his hands? And he he made everything look the same. Like a receiver, he mirrored every rush to, to the to the last. So he really had a great week. So much so he only practiced two days and he didn't yeah. even play in the game. You know, because he knew his agent, his agent most likely got those calls and was like, you know what, bro? Hey, <laughs> let's go ahead and shut it down. You yeah. don't have nothing else to prove here. You did what you came to do. Uh and, and it was a lot of fun to see him in person, just really ball out. And another guy, Zion Johnson, man. He, mm-hmm. You know, the guard, left guard, you know, from Boston, from uh, Boston College from BC. Just stout, man. And he's rocked up. Nice frame. You know, you know, seeing him out there, very technical, mechanical, you know, is probably the better word for him. You know, nice hands, good lateral movement. And he just was a lot of fun to watch him against that because the defensive line talent on both teams was loaded. And just to watch Zion Johnson go in those one-on-ones and perform the way he did. There were times against Travis Jones, who's three. 40, 340, he's given up probably about uh, you know, about I would say 30 pounds or so, and he stonewalls him, you know. He mm-hmm. he he gets pushed back by maybe a step or two, digs those feet into the ground and anchors. And I was like, that that's what I want to see. Because that's what you're gonna face in the NFL. But face that physicality, that power, how do you handle it? So those are some, I would say those are the guys that really stood out to me um in Mobile. Uh Calvin Austin, too. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people look at it in size and like oh, he's a slot receiver. You know, he's, he, may, he may not be an X, but you could definitely place him at the Z and be comfortable with him. You know, no one could press him. You know, and, and they are some legit athletes that were out there at the cornerback position in Mobile. And it was just literally a – it was I wouldn't say it a waste of time, but it turned out to be a waste of time to get mm-hmm. in the, into a press alignment and try to shoot your hands at Calvin Austin because his footwork was electric and – he gave guys different releases, which is which I love to see a, a variety uh, of footwork and, and plants and cuts at the line of scrimmage. And then he uses his hands well, especially for a guy that's five foot eight, you know, less than two hundred pounds. Good handwork at the line of scrimmage. And once he beat guys at the line, yeah, no, it was a wrap for after that. Like you know, that's four two. What do you run four four three four two eight or something crazy like that? Four three six, I can't remember, but he's an explosive athlete, you know, which we know mm-hmm. he jumped nearly 40 in the vertical, had a crazy broad jump. Um, you know, it, the kid is he's a weapon, and just watching him like operate was just a lot of fun. Yeah, a bunch of those guys you've mentioned, you know, Zion Johnson, you know, and I have both have been high on them since last year. You know, coming, you know, there's talk about him coming out last year. I think mm-hmm. he was you know, going to be a, a, a you know phenomenal NFL player. I, th- I think he's day one starter, in my opinion, Zion Johnson I think so too. Uh, uh, next year. Uh, you know, he talked about Johnson, the rusher from from Florida State as well. A couple of guys that really caught my eye, and and I'm curious your thoughts on them are are and, and again, the Bears are going from a three four, you know, um, you know, a, a defense to a four three, looking for more of that you know one one gap penetrating defensive mm-hmm. lineman, and that's really what I'm looking at here. I'm looking at at, at guys like. Like Travis Jones, you talked about him. You know, he just just a raw power. I know he's not technique wise, he's not right there yet. But man, just that raw power to be able to play maybe a one technique and just you know bully the the guard or center back into the quarterback slap is going to be huge for a defense like the Bears. And I think a guy like like Logan Hall from Houston really caught my eye. You know, um, you know, he's, he's kind of a tweener. Some some see him as a, as yeah. a five technique. Some see him as a defensive end on a four three. I, I see him potentially as a guy as in a in a four three as a, as a three technique. And and you know his 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 splits uh, were one six eight his ten yards was one six eight at the uh, combine. Uh, 
I mean, and when you get into the one six, you're talking about some some legit, you know, ability to get off the football, get get into the into the backfield. I think so. You know, your thoughts on Logan Hall and, and Travis Jones uh, in terms of those guys, uh, you know, moving forward here in the draft. I, I like both of those guys. Logan Hall, I, I view him as a four three end on rundowns, on passing downs. You kick him into that three tech kind of four eye and let him penetrate those single gaps. Reason why I say this is because when I when I watched his tape. On the outside, like he does not have the true bend, mm-hmm. the twitch, and the explosiveness to really get around the corner, threaten vertically in those pass sets. But his power, his length, and he's got good hand work, especially in tight quarters. You want him against because that's what you know, with a guy like him, man up one on one with a guard. If the guard misses, he's going to get by him, he's going to swim across him, you know, cross chop or rip, pull and get into the backfield. We all know the quickest path to the quarterback is up the middle, right, in the interior. So I really like him a lot. Um, And then, you know, with Travis Jones, he could play, you know, a lot of people look at him. You look at his game, heavy-handed. He gives great, you know, lockout and extension with both arms when he does bull rush. And he can fit that zero-tech nose in a 3-4, but I also think he could play that 4-I uh, in, in a 4-3 as well mm-hmm. and, and really take up space. When you got a guy that big, and I'm telling you, like I promise you, being, being near him is just like he's a mountain <laughs> of a man. Like It's just <laughs> unreal how big he is. And like on the sideline, he's really calm, demeanor. You see him on the – he has that switch where he, you know, he gets between the lines and it's like he becomes a monster. And, and so his heavy-handedness, he's got some surprising quickness mm-hmm. off the ball for a guy his size as well. So I'm really – I really like Travis Jones. So definitely, like I said, I think he's a, a versatile guy that you could play, like I said, that 4-I and a 4-3 or that 0 or 1-tech in a 3-4. Hey, Jamie, I'm, I'm going to come back to the big boys in the trenches here in a second, but uh, let's talk about the birds real quick. Um Obviously, the Bears are in need of corners, need of safeties. Mm-hmm. Who stood out to you? Just looking at these guys on the hoof. Who stood out to you from the from the DB's department? DB, Tariq Woolen. Uh, yeah. Man, listen, the length. Like, like I said, you to be around a lot of these kids, you really get to appreciate their measurements. I'm five five. Okay, like he's six four. Like, I'm pretty sure his arm length is taller than me. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's legit. Like, you know, just what I was walking by, uh, he was talking to my guy, Eric Crocker. Shout out to Eric. Um, and Croc's taller than me, too. So, Croc is a kind of a little bit of a taller, you know, former DB in the NFL and the AFL. And um, yeah, he skied over a Croc. So, it was like seeing him and then knowing the type of athlete he is. Like, and the thing about it, he's a former receiver. So, he's still new to the position. So, you you have to take some time with him because he's still learning um, how to transition and use his feet and his hips uh, to sink and, and, and flip and move uh, in a way that he's not kind of used to. But, man, he puts it all together. Like, he, he's going to be a legit corner because you can't teach 6'4 with that wingspan. He's running sub 4'3", if I'm not mistaken. He's four, an two, explosive. Six, yeah, 4'2'6", yeah, I think it was, something like that, 4'2'8". Mm-hmm. Explosive athlete. He – and the main thing is just, like I said, developing him. But he really showed me some things, you know, when they put him in press coverage. Like I said, he's just learning, uh, you know, learning the, the route recognitions and just kind of playing from depth and everything. So 
Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm 33. I'm, well, I'm about to be 33, so I'm not that young. But <laughs> at least I don't feel like it. Uh, but no, like he's uh, so he really caught my eye. Uh, I love Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other Where do you play him, Damien? I love him too. I, I love everything about him. I love his game. I love his tenacity. I love the way they use him off the edge. But man, is is he is he a, a safety? Is he a slot corner? I mean, I know I know he's just a football player, but it's like where where do you line up with at the next level? That's the t- that's the question, you know. Like, and I think because of, because we we're seeing an age now where it's positionless football. Um, like you think about. The Patriots, right? When they had, I think it was like McCordy, Chung, and I forget the other safety's name. And Bill were trying to safety because he knew, okay, one of my guys can cover as a big dime backer. The other two can play deep. One of my guys can come down and play the tight end in man-to-man coverage. And then you look at Jalen Petrie and you get all of that. You get a guy that can come down in the in the box. He's going to be active in the run game. He can man up against some some slot corners, uh, slot receivers, and be that big nickel, uh, as well as playing in, in a split in a dual safety look, right? Playing hash to sideline, and, and he, he's he's a very versatile player. So I think when you draft him, you just kind of hey, what when you when you put him up on your board, just wipe safety away from his name and just put you know just put athlete, put whatever you want to put up there because he's going to be that type of guy that you just move. Based on the matchup, you know, depending on who you're playing, and that's and I said last night on the spaces I was on, I was like, when I watched him, I was like, he he just he's a Bill Belichick type of DB. Like he's one of those guys that Belichick drafts in like the second round, and people are like, you know, okay, that's a solid pick. And then three years in, you know, him and Kyle Duggar are shutting things down, and he's going up against your favorite tight ends and your favorite slot receivers, and it's just like he's so he's sticky in coverage. He's he's got like a really really fun skill set. So he's another guy that really caught my eye as well. Uh, Kobe Bryant, the other corner opposite of Sauce. You know he's a legit six one six two. Like he's tall, long legged. He he can he's uh to me he's he can play in man uh, press. He can also play man from depth. You know he can play in that kind of half uh, half turn type of alignment. The biggest thing with him is that he tends to be a little grabby mm-hmm. deep into the stem, especially against explosive receivers, where it's like he kind of panics and he goes to grab instead of just trusting. There were times where he was completely in phase and he had no reason to panic. But it's just like you could see that he just like was a little worried about them pulling away from him late. So, But he's got great ball skills, good eyes in, 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 in off coverage, and he knows how to bait uh, when he does play zone, he knows how to bait quarterbacks into that kind of high-low read. Uh, so I, I really like him. And then my guy from Nebraska, how could I forget Cam Taylor Britt, man, CTB. That's my guy too, a very energetic leader. And he's feisty in man coverage. Another guy who can play man in zone, who's also similar to Kobe, you know, great uh, recognition in zone, plays that kind of half-man where you think, okay, I got a curl route and I'm going to bait him on the curl and go to that corner route. And then he got the, the uh, which he ran, I think, sub 4-4. It showed his long speed. He has that recovery speed where, which I think I tweeted out a clip a couple of days ago, where he did that exact that exact same thing. He played the short route and then got on his horse and went and made a, uh, and got a PBU on, on a deep route, on a go route. And he's, he's 
he's a good player, man. And I think he's going to be someone that can be had in round three. Because uh, he does, he's he can be a little, I think he could be a little clunky and, and press at times with his footwork. But you know, at the end of the day, a lot of those things can be corrected with coaching. Hey, uh, Damien, big fan of uh, you know lower level guys getting invited to uh, you know Senior Bowl, getting invited to Combine, all these these postseason you know events and everything else. The two DBs from the lower levels, get from Fayetteville State, uh, Joshua Williams, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the Washtenaw Baptist, Gregory Jr. What are your thoughts on those two guys? Josh Williams impressed me. Long, he's got good speed. You know, he was able to recover. He, he got beat a couple times in press coverage, uh, but he showed that the competitiveness, especially in the in the those red zone drills, they throw in the fade routes and everything. He was really competitive. Got his hands on guys. Knew how to reroute, uh, you know, receivers and stick to their hip pockets. Especially when guys trying to fake the uh, fake the outside and come back cross the back of the pylon, the back of the uh, the back of the end zone line, and he he was just really competitive. You know, a guy that really just I think for him he's a little raw uh, in terms of his footwork at times. Like I say, in in the contact window, but he was a lot of fun. You know, like I said, being able to recover, get up there uh, on some of those fade balls against some of those receivers, man. You know, you think about what they had out there: Christian Watson, Calvin Austin, and a lot of those other guys that could win at the catch point you know josh williams i think he'll be a day three guy uh but he's somebody that i would definitely take and i think he's to me i think he's probably better if i i'll have my notes in front of me on him, but if i remember i think i wrote down uh cover three zone type corner kind of reminds me of those seattle seahawks long uh half turn bail type corners that kind of played and squeeze you inside and if you try to go over the top of them you know they go make a play but he, I, I was a fan of him. He he showed up well, especially for a small school guy because the main thing you look for is, one, how does he compete? And two, does he prove that he belongs? And he did both of those things. Um, the, I think it's Gregory Jones. I, I watched him, and he was feisty too, competitive. He didn't seem overwhelmed. He did lose, you know, some, some matchups as well. Uh, the competition, you could tell it was a little different for him, you know, coming from, from where he was, but – I look at him as like a special teamer early on in his career, you know, like I say fifth, sixth round, somewhere in there. A guy that, that will come in, be a special teams ace and leader for you as you develop him, you know, as a corner. And he may give you some safety looks as well. All right. Let us get to a little exercise that I asked Damien to do. And actually, I think you were you were going to do a mock draft anyway. Uh, but I asked you to you know, kind of focus in a little bit on uh, the two second round picks for the Chicago Bears. And people can find uh, Damien's mock at thedraftnetwork.com. Uh, let me share a screen here and show people what the second round looks like as we scroll down. I don't want to give away the first round. I know we've got some Lions fans who are going to wonder, man, who did he pick for my team? And we're not going to give that away here. Uh, the second round pick, though, is is uh, visible as I scroll down here. The Jaguars picked uh, George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. The Lions picked Christian Harris uh, out of Alabama. Kyler Gordon from Washington goes, goes to the Jets. This, of, of course, is the second round again. The Giants uh, pick Daxton Hill, the safety from Michigan. There's uh, Winfrey, the interior defensive lineman, going to the Texans. The Jets uh, pick Brisker. And then there is uh, Bernard Rainman uh, of the uh, uh, going to the Chicago Bears. So tell us about uh, why you think Rainman is a good fit for the Chicago Bears. 
Well, you know, he he's he's an athletic guy, you know, former tight end um, that kind of grew into, you know, going from 230 when he was coming out of high school, if I remember correctly, to, you know, sub three, you know, over 300 pounds uh, or around hovering around that 303, 305 range, 6'6", six, six, big, long, um, athletic guy. And he fits, you know, especially – no, of course. Looking at the offense you guys ran last year with that a lot of that uh that zone, you know, run scheme. I really like him watching him in 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 one on one, especially against some some athletic rushers. I like what I saw from him. He's a natural mover, very athletic, uh good hands, you know, smooth footwork as well. And that's one of the biggest things is can he I look for like vertical sets, is he a quick setter, short setter? You know, you look at like a Daniel Falele, he's a short setter, right? You don't want him kind of protecting your quarterback on like five and seven step drops, but Bernard Raymond can do that. And I don't think he – I don't believe he's even hit his – I think it's only the tip of the iceberg right now for him because, again, he is that converted tight end to uh, right tackle. And at the end of the day, looking at your offensive line, I was like, man, you know, Justin Fields is there. Let's go ahead and protect him. And, and get him some some athletic guys because you think about what he's able to do. And one of the biggest things with offensive linemen when you have a mobile quarterback is them being able to move as well. Because if they, you know, if they're not able to move, they can't get stuck. And then if they do get stuck, like you know what I mean, like it, you get holding penalties because they don't know where the quarterback is and different things like that. So he, like as we're seeing from these some of these clips here, I loved seeing him at the at the um, at the Senior Bowl because he, as we see here, very competitive. Uh, he, I would like to see him get his hands a little tighter because uh, one thing about being out, having your hands so wide outside at times is one of two things will happen. You, For one, you're giving up your chest. So uh, uh, a savvy defensive lineman or edge rusher is going to play that half man. They're going to strike the middle of the chest plate with their with, with one hand and control your balance. You know, they can give that push-pull. Or, you know, just some fact of the matter, if you get your hands outside and then they rip through, you know, ref sees it, they're going to throw a flag because it's holding because your hands are too wide. So I would like to see him kind of condense his hand placement and his punches, but he gets vertical in the run in the run game. He can he can short set and uh, give some uh, deeper pass sets in pass protection as well. And I think he can really help. Um, I think I think Justin Justin Fields will love having him as his uh, right tackle. All right, Damon. This is where we're gonna have some some scouts disagreement here right now. All right, so so we're in our, we're in our, we're in our royal room here. We're we're talking. You know, you're you're bringing you're pounding the table here for for Raymond, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be like, all right. So the positives you touch on all of them. I agree with you. Six six, three hundred three pounds, athletic frame. The kid's got some power too. I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of moving bodies off the line of scrimmage, you see him and when he lowers his pad level, gets underneath the defender, and he drives his legs. You see the guys moving backwards, and I do like that. And and I but when I put on his tape, before, the big thing I, I want to look at is. The kid, like you mentioned, he's a tight end. He's only mm-hmm. second year playing our left tackle. Uh, I, I've been on this show. I've been telling you know these guys. I've been telling Neil and Aldo and all our listeners. I'm like, the Bears cannot miss with pick 39 and, and pick 48 and pick 71. You got three picks right. in the top top 71. You know, you got to nail all three of them. These are potential starters. And for me, Raymond, while I like him as a developmental type of prospect, I think at 39, I have to pass it from the Bears. And the reason is, is first of all, I'm a, I'm a, a arms guy. I'm a length guy. Mm-hmm. And his arms came in under 33 inches. And for me right there, tackles on the island, on the outside, got to be at least 33 plus, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like guys that say, oh, it's got to be 34, 35 plus. <laughs> That's preferred. I know that. But if, if you got 33, because I, I have, if you go through the NFL history, you know, tackles left or right, 
under 33, sub 33 arm length never really lasts out there. Now, could he develop into a, a dominant or, or damn good left left guard? Kick him inside a guard? Sure. But again, he's a developmental guy, a guy that might be a year maybe away from, from actually contributing on the football field. So my guy that, that I see you passed on is, is uh, uh, Nicholas uh, petit Ferre from, uh, from Ohio State. And, and the reason I like him is he's got the size, he's got the length that I like, and he's athletic. And his, his ability to spring out of, out of his stance, get out to that second level, all right, and, and, get, and, get, to, and get engaged with that, with that uh, second level linebacker and also maintain his, his, uh, his blocks. And I think that's where Raymond kind of struggled on his, on his tape. You know, getting to that second level was always hit or miss. But then when he got there, he wasn't able, always able to, to get to or maintain those blocks on those quicker, faster defenders. So I think that's where a kid like – Petit Ferrer would be a much better fit. Uh, obviously, got the basketball background, athletic kid. I just see him spring out of his spring out of his stance, and you, the kid just explodes out of his stance. So, again, he he's you know, got some work to do too uh, in terms of his technique. But I think mm -hmm. he's probably a little bit more closer. So, but, but I know you have him going a little bit later on in the second round. So, curious in, in terms of comparing those two guys, what 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 did you like Raymond more than Petit Ferrer? The physicality aspect of it, you know, watching you know NPF, I, and I like him, I do. Uh, but he has to get stronger at the point of attack and being able to absorb and, and anchor down against contact. And I'm not going to lie to you, that game against Michigan was probably one of the toughest to study for him because he just had, you know, it, it's kind of an, almost a nightmare situation. You go from David Ojabo, who's the explosive, long Chandler Jones-esque rusher, to... Aiden Hutchinson, who has the power and the the burst and the technique, and it was like he struggled pretty much the entire game. Um, and I, I I was looking forward to. It. I was like, man, if he can, if he can hold these guys off, I think he he would have probably, you know, pushed his stock probably top of the second early in the late you know first round, and he didn't do that in that game. So I want to see him just get stronger functionally altogether. What typically, when I look at arm length. Long as you're not third, like lower than 32 and a half, I'm fine. Uh, and the reason why, the reason for me is that I like to test. I want to test a guy at tackle first, right? Right. I, I, I'm a believer is testing to you know do it until you fail. So right. I want to put you out there in camp. You're gonna go against our best rushers, and let's see how that length shows up, right? And if you struggle and, and you just can't figure it out, then hey, yeah, we kick you in that guard. But let me try you out at tackle first. Um, and, and I said, look at MPF. He gives you kind of, as I remember correctly, he's moved to both left and right tackle, so he's played a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. So he gives you that that versatility. Uh, I just, the, for me, the one of the biggest things is strength. Contact balance is key for me too. Uh, being able to absorb power, and I didn't see a lot of that in his game just yet. He still has a lot. I think he can add another ten pounds. You know what I'm saying to his frame that will really help him be able to anchor. You know, get his hands on when he gets his hands on guys and just literally lock them up. Yeah, uh, listen, Damian. Like to me, I, I love his length. I love his athletic ability. I love uh, the way he moves in space. Um, sometimes the way he dances with the edge guys. I feel like mm -hmm. when he doesn't have leverage, he gets absolutely blown up. Um, you know, when 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 he's able to establish himself, yeah, he has a little bit of power. But to me, you know, he he's still learning. When he doesn't have, you know, the technique down and he's not able to establish himself, he gets blown up a little bit. Um, yeah, I agree. To, to you, I should, I should say to me, the type of guy that has 
all the all the athletic traits, has the measurables physically. Um, th- those are those are the type of guys that I want to go ahead and try and pick up as early as I possibly can on day three, right? I don't want to spend you know uh, you know eight figures and guaranteed money on a guy that I'm still not sure about that still needs to be developed, right? You know, like to me, Bernard Rame is a guy that that that's that's as a day four guy at, at best. I guess uh, what was it that that that, uh, that you saw that can say, yeah, you know what, I, I agree with you, but here here's where I differ, and here's where like he could probably be different than than that particular kind of mold. So, like I said, I mean, for one of the biggest things for me is just understand like changing, like you said, you know, we all know changing from tight end to offensive tackle is not easy. You know, you have to add that weight, keep that functional athleticism. And he did. He's able to do that. And from what I've seen watching this tape, he's learned. He's learning on the fly, right? Like we talked about with Tariq Woolen transitioning from receiver to corner. That's a that's a learning curve. And and Bernard Raymond has handled his learning curve very well. Um, and, and for me, it's like okay. I also looked at the situation. It's like where are the Bears, right? Where's where are the Bears right now? And if it is, it's a little different for me. If it's a team that's in a this twenty twenty two season. Hey, we're 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 fully competitive. We're going after we're everybody says we're going after the playoffs, even the teams that know they're going one in one in 16, one in 17. Everybody says they're going for the playoffs. But when I look at the Bears, they're right now is it's it's a building process. I won't even call it a rebuild, it's just a building process, right? So for me, I'm I'm looking for when I when I I wanted to give them, I actually wanted to give you guys like a top end receiver. But as you as you saw my first anybody that's seen my first yeah, round guys going yeah a lot <laughs> of guys are off the board at that time uh you know what I mean so like you know uh you know George Pickens went you know top of the top of the second right you know and things like that so it's like ah you know I can't force a specific receiver here I can get one because you guys had the, the you know two picks in the second round so I'll wait you know a couple more picks and see what happens with the board but with Raymond you know my main thing is just hey we're we're building so let's go ahead and get building blocks that we can continue because you got a new coaching staff. Trust me when I tell you, I'm not going to tell you, if Nagy was still there, I would absolutely not have made this big. Like, no chance. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, because I just didn't trust him as a to, as a teacher, as a molder of young men and to be able to teach and, and get these kids where they need to be. But with, with you know, having your franchise quarterback, you that's the most important piece to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me get a, a, a guy that has the not just the athleticism and those traits, but he's kind of a ball of clay. Like I, I talk about with, with uh, Malik Willis, you can mold him. You can coach him because he's still new to that position. So he's going to take everything. He's going to soak it in. He works hard. And that was a lot of stuff that I heard when I was in Mobile, just how hard of a worker he is to perfect his craft. And guys like that, I bet on, you know, I, I bet on traits, but I also bet on the meta- mentality of a guy as well. And the physicality he plays with, yeah, the, the arm length isn't where you exactly want it to be, but at the same time, a lot of it's pu- punch timing, knowing when to throw his punch, when not to throw your punch. You know what I mean? When you, when you do have a physical deficiency in a way, you know, understanding, all right, my arms aren't as long as, as, as some of these other guys. So I need to make sure when this, when this edge rusher gets within my reach, I throw my punch at the right time because if I throw it too soon, and he swipes my arms. He's around me. He's he's already around me. I can't get my hands on him. Things like that. And I see him be able to redirect, as we saw in the clip 
with uh with, with pass rushes trying to counter going outside and countering back inside. I feel as if with, with Bernard Raymond, the potential for him to be a really good right tackle or left tackle, either one, but a really good because you have Tevin Jenkins who played both left and right uh in college. When you have that type of I guess I, I look at it as a uh, painter, right? You have that canvas. You have that canvas. He's a he's an empty canvas right now. And I, I trust that with the right coaching, you can you can paint a nice picture with him. Great, great discussion. I love it when uh, scouts disagree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it, it's all part of the business, all part of the game. That's how you, that's how you, you know, exactly. get better. Exactly. We've had a lot of uh, comments regarding Tevin Jenkins in the chat room. Uh, comments like, Tevin Jenkins was also a 39th pick. Is he better than the, than uh, Raymond, uh, who we were discussing? What do you guys think? Well, I'll let Damien Damien go and take that first. Coming out of out of college, yes. Um, you know, the physicality, like just he was he was just kind of a different kid. Like I remember tweeting out the picture of him uh, with his glasses on, similar to the college picture of Marshawn Lynch. You would not, you know, you wouldn't recognize these guys once the ball is snapped because they play with a different type of attitude, especially when they're on college, especially Tevin Jenkins when he's in his college coming out. You know, I liked his length. I liked his power footwork. He's, he's the, he struggled a little bit when I saw him first kind of take his first snaps at left tackle in the NFL, but that, you know, at the end of the day, you come from the big 12, it's, you know, I always, I always, you know, people look at the FCS guys, my man, the, the talent pool there isn't great. Some of these power five schools talent isn't great either. You know, you're not playing a lot of edge, a lot of talented edge rushers in the Big 12. Uh, but I definitely think he was more refined right now, you know, coming out last year than Bernard Raymond is right now. You know, just because Bernard Raymond, again, you know, coming from that tight end background, what I think two years at the position when Tevin Jenkins played the position for a little bit longer than that. So I gave him the, the, the leg up in that regard and just his temperament as well. I like a physical guy. Yeah, I, I agree with with you on Tevin Jenkins in terms of you know he's got the more experience. He's played uh, offensive tackle, played both left and, and right at you know predominantly more right than left at mm-hmm. Oklahoma State. But but for me, funny and this again what made me you mean you might go back and forth here, Damien is is I like Raymond because I know Raymond can play on the left side in the NFL. I know Tevin Jenkins cannot play on the left side in the NFL. Unless it's a guard, possibly, you know. So for yeah. me, that was the big thing we had last year after the draft, after that pick, is is I was I was not a left tackle for Tevin Jenkins guy. I was I was a right tackle, right guard. Sure, I talked to scouts last year, and a lot of them told me he was going to be a guard, you know, at, at the mm-hmm. next level. So so that's why I, I kind of I saw Ray, uh, Ryan Pace kind of reaching there in terms of projecting him at left tackle. But see, Raymond, yeah, I don't like his arm length, but like you said, I give him a shot at playing left tackle at the NFL and let yeah. him prove to me that he cannot handle it and then kick him inside the guard. But so that's why I, I like Raymond, and he's more athletic, and I think he's more a powerful player, uh, even, even though he's still not as refined in terms of experience-wise. So that's why I like Raymond in terms of a, of a prospect, because I, specifically because he can play on the left side of the, of the offensive line. Yeah, I know. No, that's a good point. And for me, like, Again, I'm always, I'm like some a big believer. Hey, test it until you fail. And we saw that you know Tevin Jenkins didn't didn't fit the bill at left tackle. So what do you do? You flip him back to his natural side where he's at right, and he's more comfortable. The, the it, it even though he played both sides when he played predominantly right, that transition to play left tackle for for a guy that's been predominantly right is yeah. is difficult, right? Yeah. It's it's a whole because you have to you gotta have to have to give him a year technically because it's just that muscle memory. 
of being able to kick slide and jump set with the opposite leverage, right? With the opposite hip. And so in that case, I would definitely, again, that kind of goes to my point of pick, you know, picking Raymond, you know, pick, put Raymond at left tackle. You flip Tevin to the, to the right. And now you tell Justin, you know, we have two young, two young physical tackles that we believe can protect you, not just protect you, but also get, you know, get some, uh, create some open lanes and then seal guys on the edge. You can, you can be a real physical edge presence. Um, you know, with those two guys at the tackle position in the run game. All right, let's move on to the second pick of that second round. You chose for the Chicago Bears, Tariq Woolen, the cornerback out of UTSA. Tell us why uh, you like Tariq going to the Bears with that uh, 48th overall pick. You know, you have Jalen Johnson, who I, who I like a lot. I like Jalen Johnson. And it's just like for me, I'm like, you know what, in this division – Looking at what Detroit is building, I really like what they're doing, getting DJ Chark, uh, having Amara St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson. They're just one X receiver away from having a complete uh, receiving core and receiving threat, rather. And at the time when I made this pick, I'm pretty sure that was Devontae Adams. No, no, he was already gone. So when I made this pick, I was like, you know what, let's go. I didn't like the receivers that were on the board, and I just didn't want to reach there. You know, uh, I was like, you know, this is a pretty deep receiver class. You can get somebody in the third round um, or, you know, day, you know, in the end of day two. So I was like, you know, Tariq Woolen here. Let's go ahead and pair. I, I, I'm a believer in a passing league. You need corners. You need corners, right? You got Aaron Rodgers in your division. You need to be able to frustrate him with not just guys who can play press coverage, you get you, you want to disguise coverages, run different sets and combo coverages against someone like him. And I really like, like I said, we talked about Tariq Willard earlier. I really like just his overall, that ball of clay, I like to use that term, just ability, man. That, that's, that, that length, the, the height, the explosiveness. And I really like Jalen Johnson. He's going to take the, the number one receivers, right? You're going to let him take the number one receivers so he can match up. And it, he, he they, you could use these guys in terms of matchups, right? So it, regardless if it's a Kenny Galladay, whoever it is, you can put either one of these guys on him and feel comfortable with that link, especially downfield and the contact window, being able to go up and challenge, stay in phase. And when you have a guy like Tariq Woolen, Receivers aren't going to be able to just run by him. He's always going to have that speed to be able to, to recover if he does lose at, at the line of scrimmage. But I, I he's like I say, he's so he's raw, but at the same time, I really love his skill set, that length, that speed. His feet are getting better. I was kind of watching some of his tape and then watching him at the Senior Bowl, just watching him develop in person. You know, snap to snap, play to play, rep to rep. I was impressed with him. So I was like, man, you know, you can. You get this kid and you pay, pair him with uh, Jalen Johnson. I mean, this could be a really nice tandem. And again, I think back to man, you know, when you guys were for so long, you guys were built on your defense, right? And you had that great, you know, you know, it was kind of low key, kind of wasted a little bit with with Mitchell Trubisky and Nagy when you got the Khalil Mack and, and you brought in Roquan Smith. And I really loved the defense that you had at that time, and you know, Akeem Hicks and. Those guys are gone now. So I was like, okay, let's rebuild this defense up just a little bit. And I just didn't feel comfortable reaching for a receiver at that specific moment. So that's kind of why I went with Tariq Willen there. All right, Damian. You know, uh, again, we're talking about molding clay. And I love molding clay. Mm -hmm. I, I love raw dudes that you can make into them what you want to make with them. You know, don't get me wrong. 
But again, we're talking about second round picks. Like these are guys you're dedicating a lot of guaranteed money to, tens of millions of dollars to. Um, guys that, that they they need to come in right away. Um, to me, he kind of scares me a little bit. Just watching his film kind of scares me a little bit. Um, in 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 one on one, he's he's really raw in in uh, you know route recognition, I believe. Um, you know, is there anything that you saw that particularly scares you? that he would need to fix immediately over the course of the next, you know, six months before we get to, you know, preseason ball. And then ultimately, you know, first game of the season. Uh, Leverage just as his, his, his hip, hip to knee leverage, basically being able to transition from just a back pedal, you know, explode out of that. You know, he kind of, he kind of plays high cause he's still new to the position. And like I said, that was the main thing for me is just like, okay, are the Bears again? Are they a team that's going to compete for a playoff spot? No. And it's like, yeah, these are guys that you have to develop. But I'm fine with that, right? So you just brought in a new coach. He's got some time, you know. Like, and that's the main thing for me is like, I'm a big, I'm a big component of developing, and, and no matter, and not just with with quarterbacks, you know, you know, for every position. You, I remember a scout told me he's like, man, you, you really don't know what you have in a player typically until two years in, he was like, you know, he may look good year one. And then year two is like, what happened? You know? Um, so it's just like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta exude some patience, man. And I, I put it in my mock when you guys who for the fans who haven't read it yet, the very, I think, was it the first pick? No, it was actually, you know, it was one of the top picks. And I, my, my quote in there was like, scare money, don't make money, man. And, you know, for me, I, I believe in taking those guys, betting on the traits, betting on their athleticism, and developing. And so that just depends. Do you feel like you have a coaching staff that can develop them? If you don't, you know, like we talk about with quarterbacks, like guys, like if you cannot, if you if your if your team can't develop this quarterback, don't draft them. You know what I mean? And that's how I look at with any any position. But one thing I, I will say is just like talking and listening to Tariq Willen, Hedzy kid, I I know who he's supposed to be working out with soon. Uh a uh, you know, in you know, as long as all that stuff goes around, he he's got some some really great people, like veteran players, and that played the position that are in his ear, that's teaching him behind the scenes. So that's another part that to my process as well is just knowing who's who's he's who he's dealing with to get better. And um, the tape is raw. You know, he's raw. But again, you know, you there, there's things you can't teach. What can I teach? What can I teach? Right. That's that's the model for for a lot of scouts. And when you look at 6'4", sub 4'3", explosive athlete, I can teach you how to sink your hips. I can teach you how to flip your flip your hips and get your feet better in the contact window. I can teach you how to read leverages and read concepts from depth. I can get in the film room and we can go over all of that, right? I can't teach you to be fast, to be explosive, to be big. And for me, that's kind of where my, my, my mindset was, is just he has those intent, those tools and those intangibles that you just cannot pump into a kid. And he has the mindset that you he has the mindset and the attitude that you want to bring in. Tough kid too. He doesn't mind coming down in the run game either. Even though he's a little, you know, he's even though he's so tall and long, he's not the biggest, broadest kid. Uh, but he has no problem coming down in the run game. You see him on crossers. He doesn't. You, you're not running away from him. Uh, he kind of baits quarterbacks a lot of times on crossers when I've when I've watched them. 
be able to come backside, either gets the PBU or tries to make a diving interception on it. So he's got some ball skills to him. Like I said, he's just he's just raw. So it's just all about just developing the young man. Hey, yeah, so for me, I'm going go on, you. No, I was just gonna say, like you, you mentioned something interesting, like listening to him talk and and uh, you know getting inside his head a little bit. I'm curious as, as to um, you know, did, did you get a chance to actually uh, you know sit down with him, have a chat with him? Just, you know, exchange a few words with him down there in, uh, in, in Mobile. At the breakfast, um, I was kind of a little bit of all over the place. So, like, because it was just a, all the players were just kind of stacked into that one room. Uh, but I was, I was standing by because I was talking and, and taking notes from someone else. And when I finished, I was standing by when he was talking to Croc. And I was listening to that conversation. And this is a kid that wants to be great. And, you know, you hear that. You assume that everybody is playing wants to be great, but that's really not the case. Because I heard, you know, I heard some kids, and just the actions of some some kids that I've I've been around, and it's like, yeah, you know, he doesn't have that drive, but Tariq Willen has the drive, and he he knows he he. And the main thing is just understanding where you are as a player. You know, I remember listening to a prospect who, you know, I'm not gonna name him last year, and he I heard him interview, and they asked him, yeah, you know, you. Anybody talk to you about your weaknesses? He was like, nope. And he's been basically kind of like, no, I don't have any, basically. That's the worst, that's the worst thing to even come into the NFL with that you don't have weaknesses. Tariq Willen understands, like, yeah, I am a raw prospect. I still have a lot to learn, but I'm I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna do everything I can to learn those things. So just listening to him, you know, eavesdropping, basically, just kind of sitting there, um, listening to him talk about this young man. It was just to me it, that that light and just looking. I like to make eye contact too. So looking in his eyes, I was like, okay, he's um, yeah, it's, it's a little different for him, you know, seeing that uh, seeing that that light kind of glimmer in his eye, like yeah, I, I want this. And you know, when a young man wants it like that, I always talk about it with Josh Allen. People talk about Josh Allen and and Lamar Jackson and why they're better than Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. These guys came in as raw balls of clay who wanted to be great and wanted to work and they worked towards it. Yeah, yeah. For me with, with Woolen, the more I watch this kid, the more I like him. And, and, I, and I've heard you guys and I, and I agree with you guys both made good points, both Damien and, and Neil. Uh, with Neil, I, I agree, man. We, with Veras need to hit on a guy that's these three picks are going to come in and start. And again, with, with him converting over uh, from receiver to, to corner, only playing corner for the last two years, that is a bit of a concern in terms of, you know, he's still developing. He's still a guy like we talked about with Raymond. There's still a guy that that's you kind of molding and, and, and hoping to develop into a full-time starter for you. But again, uh, he first caught my eye down at the senior bowl. I mean, I, I'm like, who is this six? four plus corner with, with arms like tree trunks, you know, covering guys in, 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 you know, you know, in terms of man to man. And, and, and I thought he's just got, if I put this guy's tape on, he's going to be a press cover corner. So what I was surprised me though, was, was obviously that I love the, the length, the athletic ability, but you know, with the, with the bears transitioning to more of a, of a four, three, more of a zone type, you know, kind of that, that uh, Tampa two scheme, not really, but kind of some, you know, similar mm-hmm. to that. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting some some have some corners that can play some off coverage and and guys that could play some man to man, but also predominantly play man, off coverage. And then when I put this guy's tape on, yeah, you, you see some of the raw aspects. You see him, you know, kind of kind of go off on the wrong foot when he's trying to open up his hips on on crossing route. Let's the receiver get inside of him and gets an easy slant uh, catch on him. But you also see him being able when when he when he's right when his technique is good. 
swing the, swing the gate open, run step for step, mirror off the line of scrimmage with, with the receiver, get downfield. And again, that length that he has, you know, with that speed, that four two six speed he has, um, you know, that, that's impressive. And I also I see him then covering off, you know, coming, running that, that trail technique, you know, coming, mm-hmm. playing some off coverage and then kind of baiting the quarterback and kind of, you know, being showing some of that uh, – uh, awareness in terms of the coverage, being able to be able to see where the ball is coming at, and then you know planting his foot and then transitioning quickly, coming down and, and, and attacking anything in front of him. So you know it, he does things on tape that excite me. Uh, again, this is this is a guy that's just going to get better and better and better. So you know if if the Bears come in with 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 what they have currently at corner, you know you expect this kid to come in and, and compete for a starting job. Now, is he ready to do that? I'm not sure. The thin frame it, it kind of worries me. A couple of times he comes down. Uh, you know, to, in, in terms of run support, and he's, he's out of out of balance. His feet are all over the place. He kind of dives at, at the, the ball carrier, and the ball carrier bounces off him, and, and you know goes on for another you know five, six, seven yards. So you know, there's stuff that he's got to work on, right? Uh, sometimes in coverage, he hasn't turned his head around on a timely matter and look for the football. Um, he, he, ball skills. He only got two interceptions. There's a couple of times the ball went right through his hands, and, and now we know why they converted him from receiver to defensive back. And <laughs> typically, that's what happens when you're when you're converted from receiver to defensive back. You can't catch the football. So, so those right. are things that that kind of worry me. Uh, we also get you know some fans here kind of give Jalen Johnson a hard time because he you know, he's not racking up the interception. So, you know, but but in terms of you know raw ability, uh, athletic ability, the, the combination of size, speed, and and really really exciting here. So I, I know I don't know if he'll last to pick 71, which is the Bears' third-round pick. But if he's there, that's an area I would target this kid if I can bring him in. But, you know, with pick 30, 39, and 48, I want guys that are going to be day-one starters probably for me next season. I'm going to tell you, there is a there is a chance that he could follow that pick, but I got some information that there's a chance he may not fall to that pick. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, that, and that's the – I saw Ravi's comment that he'll be there in the 80s. Yeah, no, Ravi. Like, that's – you. one thing about the draft, you never make that assumption. Like, yeah. you can never go into a war room – and assume like, hey, this guy's gonna be there in the third, fourth round. No, he won't. Because if the if the if the draft board falls where there's a run, yeah, no, that's when guys get pushed up a lot quicker than you expect. Because it's like, well, you're gonna be like, oh, well, you know, I can. We need an extra tight end. We can get trade, you know, Trey McBride in the fourth. Well, you know, if a team in the in the second round is like, yo, we really need that strong-handed tight end to complete our offense, they take him in the second. You know he's nowhere near the fourth round, so you really can't uh, really can't make that. Uh, you know, I saw the comment, Robbie. May I wanted to address you. Can't really make that assumption with the draft. It's such a crapshoot. You don't know where these guys are going to land. We don't know. You know, we heard Callaway coming into this that quarterbacks, there's no quarterback worth taking in the top ten, and now they're talking. Oh, you know, Adams. I think it was Ian Rappaport saying them. There's a chance we see three quarterbacks in the top fifteen, top twenty picks. And I was like, yeah. And if that happens, more talent's gonna get pushed on the board. Mm-hmm. I don't believe we're gonna see that many quarterbacks, but I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't see it happening. But I, I guarantee you, there's there's a defensive back coach right now in in the NFL, maybe multiple. That are mm-hmm. looking at this kid's tape, looking at that combination of size, speed, and likability, and saying we need this kid in the first round. I mean, that, that's yeah. how coaches fall in love with traits, and they, and this guy's got all the traits you want. You talk about Seattle, some of that Legion of Doom kind of players. This is the guy that fits that kind of mold right there. Absolutely, oh, lanky long, corners, yeah. got that length, got the speed. Like I said, can play some press man coverage. And that's the thing about it, when when he plays press man coverage, where a guy's only been doing it for two years, he's physical at the line of scrimmage. I mean, yes. he, he gets into the receiver, he reroutes the receiver, he slows down his release at the line of scrimmage. So you know, this is just a guy just doing it now for two years. Imagine you get him into an NFL team that gets him coached up. You're looking at a guy that could potentially potentially be a future Pro Bowl player. And you think about you talked about playing playing his zone. A lot of it's eye discipline. Being able to sit and squat in those soft zones and 
read the court, not just read the quarterback, but read the rock combinations that's in your and that's threading your your zone with his length and his ability to get up and get vertical. It's going to make it really hard to layer the ball over the top of him into that next zone. Because if he's sitting there and he's sitting in that half turn kind of bail cover that, that Tampa two or cover two where, okay, there's no underneath responsibilities. And he's sitting there. Quarterbacks are going to be a lot are very weary of testing that window because with his burst and his ability to get out of there and get out, get into his speed quickly, he's going to be able to close on some of those seam routes. Cause you think about, you know, think about what we used to see with Richard Sherman, you know, you got him sitting there and, and his net, his closest, Route is a seam or an in-breaker or outbreaker. He jumps it. He makes a play on it. Now, like you said, Therese Williams, he transferred. I mean, he flipped over from receiver to corner for a reason. So he's got to he's got to clean up some of that catching, you know. But like I said, being able to sit and force quarterbacks to make negotiations, right? Make business decisions. Like, okay, I can't, you know. And, and then while there's if they're if they're a quarterback that's taking too long to process that, that gives your your pass rush that extra tick or two to get back there to win their one-on-one, to win that double team and get into the backfield and create pressure. And I would tell, you know, I like, like I said, I like Jalen Johnson, man. I know, yeah, I get it. You, you know, for like I said with the fans, you know, he doesn't have the ball production that you want. But a lot of times, guys, like, for one, they're playing corner for a reason. Like, that's just, you know, we get it. Like, they, a lot of these guys really can't catch the ball, like the player receive spot. But it's just like pass rushers, man. I'd rather a guy – be, if you're going to be targeted 50 times and you give up 20 catches, I'd rather that than the guy targeted six. For example, Trayvon Diggs, feast or famine, right? And yep, you, you watch right. that tape. And yes, he has a lot of interceptions. Yeah. Yep. He has a lot of interceptions. He got beat with a lot of double moves. He got beat deep. He, 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 because he, he's looking for that, right? He's chasing it and he's still not refined as a cover corner. So it's like, yeah, the interceptions are great. But then he also, I believe, if I remember the number correctly, he was in like the 900 in terms of yards given up on the season. Like he got beat a lot. So it's like, okay, what happens in 2022 when he's not catching those picks, right? And those are caught by the receivers, and now they're going for a 60-yard touchdown. So, yeah, the interceptions are cool, and they're they're great. They took the ball away. But at the same time, just like with pass rushers, man, sacks are great. I want you to get pressure. That's consistency. I want you to consistently shut down your assignment. If the quarterback doesn't target you, I'm perfectly fine with that. And the one thing real quick on, on, on Woolen again is, and that's a good point, Damien, because I saw that, I think it was versus Illinois, the game I was watching versus Illinois, where he was he was in that 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 quarter zone kind of dropping back, and the quarterback saw that and, and ended up going, throwing to the ball, I think it was to the running back to the flat. He just clicks his heels, comes downhill, and, and hits that running back into a, for a, no gain. And, and the guy was open in the flat, comes downhill, catches that, and that's what I'm talking about, coverage awareness. The guy, yeah. he was, he's able to keep his eyes in the backfield, know what's going, and he's got the transition ability, the quickness to be able to come downhill and then make the tackle. Because so, the raw yeah. tools are there, man. Right. The raw tools are there, and it's just, you know, it's all about just teaching the kid. And, and I really think he he's somebody that you just want to bet on, man. You, you know, you, you, you want to bet on a guy with those tools, those physical traits, that I want to get him in all like you talked about earlier. Coaches want to get that guy in their room and 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 really teach him and and get him to a place where it's like okay, now when he's sitting in his zone, he's seeing all of the routes. He's seeing that that whip route. He's seeing that corner route that they're trying to run from the slot. He's seeing that tight end run that quick pivot. He's seeing all those things. He's understanding okay, what is where is my route? Which route do I need to play first? Cause it's all about priority first, second, third. And 
low to high, you know, high, low reads. You want to make sure that you can play it the right way. And that's the main thing with this kid. Like you said, he has the physical tools. It's all about just coaching them and teaching them up now. We could spend multiple hours just talking about your uh, mock draft, Damien. Uh, we could spend days just talking football here. It's been a real treat to have you here, Damien. Uh, let uh, our followers know where they can reach you on Twitter. What do you got going on at the Draft Network they can look forward to? And and plug that mock generator, too, if you want. Oh, absolutely, man. The best mock draft, mock draft generator in the game. You know, uh, we, we keep it updated, especially all the – man, listen, our team is phenomenal. When all those trades and stuff were going on, it did not take long before we got the text like, hey, the, the, the mock draft has been updated. You know, the picks are, are, have been changed and everything else like that. So definitely find me on Twitter, DP uh, underscore NFL. Uh, follow the Draft Network if you're not following us already. Um, for anybody that has Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I do run a um, – I'm a co-host for a college football podcast with TDN called the Talent Factor Podcast. We have an episode dropping tomorrow with uh, Texas A&M safety Leon O'Neal. We just had TJ Ward on a couple weeks ago, uh, former Super Bowl winning safety with the, with the uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, we have some, some a lot more content coming. We're you know doing player rankings and breakdowns for co- for collegiate players, getting you kind of a getting you ready for this coming season, then next year's draft as well. Uh, so yeah, definitely stay tuned, man. You got a lot a lot of stuff coming. I have my my big boards out that uh, right now my top fifty big board, as well as I have a piece for all thirty two teams, the one draft mistake they cannot make next month. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Listen, man, uh, we would love to have you back either right before the draft or right after the draft or both times <laughs> uh, just to kick it here. And uh, you've been a great, great guest. I can tell because Danny Shaman and Neil Stapchinski, both of them have Woody's right now. <laughs> I can talk scouting draft for another hour. I didn't even know it was an hour gone by. I, was like, I didn't draft. either, man. That's all good. Though. I love it. I, I love this yeah. stuff, man. It's fantastic. Can, can I get really, one quick question into him? Yeah, yeah. There's one player that I think everyone's going to be slipping on because of his bad timing, and that's David Bell, the, the, the receiver out of Purdue. He, I think this kid, this kid doesn't run a four six. He doesn't play at a four six five speed. No. He plays faster right. than that, and and people are going to sleep on him. And it's going to be the guy that a couple years ago was like, damn, that guy went in the second round or third round, or wherever he's going to end up going. Remember, um, coming out of Ohio State, Michael Thomas. Um, you know, he didn't. He didn't. You know, he. You know, a lot of these guys didn't. You don't have to run. I always my, my saying is this play speed over over time speed, man. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I rather because because play speed it takes it takes so much into play speed. You it's all about processing and understanding leverage and different things that's going on. And man, like I really like David Bell. Yeah, he's not the most explosive athlete, but he's savvy. He's got a got a he's got that veteran type of game, right? Where it's just like you know how many times we use that word, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he is. He, <laughs> like, he, he's a guy that's that's open even if he's covered. That's yes, he's got great ball skills. He's really quick and, and, and decisive in the contact window in press coverage. Great hands, great footwork. Understand? Like, and I, I remember watching one play, and I looked at, I watched his head. I like to try to watch uh, the receivers from the neck up pre-snap because I want to see if they're reading the the DB kind of their alignment. And I watched him. I can't remember what game I was watching, but. He read. He looked at the. He looked the uh, DB up and down. He saw the leverage, gave him a quick two step, made him shift his weight, and then he went vertical. And I was like, "That's 
that's that's some 10-year veteran type stuff. You know what I mean? So like, he's a really good player, and, that, and the offense is going to have a lot of fun with him. You get him in because, yeah, he may not give you that Tyreek Hill stuff, man, but a lot of people don't. That's Tyreek right. Hill. Like, so you know what I mean? Right. Like, you, you, he, like you said, he's a really good player. Him um, and a couple other receivers in this class, man, you know, that just that aren't going to test extremely well, but they play a lot faster than they ran straight line. Right. Bears fans are are, are really really uh, worried about the fact that we have no receivers. They only they signed a couple of uh, you know like a uh, you know uh, Byron Pringle from the Chiefs, yeah, which yeah. was a it's nice little gamble. You know uh, Equinemius St. Brown from the Packers, mm-hmm. nice little gamble there. But you know they're all worried because they didn't get the big free agent or anything. I'm telling you, these guys relax. This this draft is deep talented and you can get guys in the fourth and fifth round that are going to come in and, and, and make plays. Absolutely. So Jalen told tonight me. We, right, tonight we're going to be breaking. Jalen Tober is one of the guys I'm going to be breaking down tonight as well. I, I, I think guys Pierce, like Tyquan right. Underwood, the guy from Baylor, is, is, yes. is, a, is a speed burner. You could get him in a fourth, fifth round probably. Yeah, so, and I mean, you could use him as a – I mean, especially early on if, you, you know, if you're not comfortable with him you know, starting every play. Just, you know, you think about designated pass rushers, DPRs. He's a DDT, a designated deep threat. And he's somebody when you you get in that fourth year forty five that fifty yard range that's that money shot that's that shot play that play action single high safety you take it deep and you let them know hey anytime we get in this range we're looking to score so you got a guy like that try on the field those defenders their their ears are going to perk up like all right if, if Taekwon's popping up you know every now and then we know a deep route's coming, you know, in one of these next couple plays. I, I like him a lot, man. Um, and he would definitely help your, your, your offense for sure. You know, and if you look for a big slot, you know, big Y, you know, Justin Ross from Clemson, you can get on day three more like more than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he didn't test, you know, well, I yeah, mean, ever, especially after that, that yeah. injury, man, kind of took some of his, his explosiveness away really sucked, you know, cause he's a good player and a lot of people aren't going to appreciate him because of the whole testing, right? And, and but you know, you put him in the slot, he's quick, short area quickness, get in and out of his breaks quick for a big receiver. And he's got some, you know, some run after the catch ability. So Bears fans, relax. There's 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 some there's some receivers that you guys can get later on in this draft that will make Justin Fields quite happy. Exactly. And then that's what we're gonna do it uh tonight after we cut here. We're gonna go on. I'm gonna start breaking down some receivers here and just show them some of the depth and the talent in, yeah. in this draft here. We, like I said, we talked about guys, Kyle Phillips from, from UCLA, yes. slot receiver, hell of a blocker in the slot. I mean, I can bring up guys left and John Mechie, who's gonna who's gonna drop probably because of that that ACL, ACL here. Yeah. He's a gonna be a oh, guy that's gonna be, be able to I, I would really like well. him for your offense. You know, I can just name names off the top of my head right now that the guys that are gonna be there. Danny Gray, SMU guy. Yep. I know Neil's a big fan of him. Love Danny speed, Gray. Speed yes. guy. So Danny I mean, these Gray, are guys yo, are gonna be available day three his most speed likely. Is legit. Legit. Like seeing right. Tom for two years, yeah. man. <laughs> his his speed is legit. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you he did he wasn't the most productive guy this year because for whatever was going on with Oklahoma's offense, especially oh, early gosh. on. Mike uh you know Mike Woods when he transferred from Arkansas, he was Traylon Burke's uh teammate. And he you know wildly enough, like he had Felipe Franks his final year in Arkansas, he was more productive with Felipe Franks than he was with Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams in Oklahoma. But he's, I believe it's like 6'2", about 215, big, strong guy. He can get vertical. He's a really good route runner for his size and his build. And he's a physical, violent blocker as well. Like, he's somebody that, that definitely keep your eye on as that prototypical XZ receiver that would, his skill set would pair very well with Darnell Mooney's. Great stuff. 
Great stuff. Uh, Damien, man, I wish we had booked you for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to let you go now, and uh, please, uh, let's stay in touch. Again, we'd love to have you just before the draft or right after or uh, just join us here every week. (laughs) Just just hit me up, man. (laughs) Appreciate it, it, brother. Thanks very much, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. All right, we are moving on now to evaluate some players at the wide receiver position. We are at 9.15, so we might have to cut back some things a little bit. So uh, let's uh, let's see what we get accomplished here in the next 45 minutes because we'd love yep. to be out of here by 10 o'clock. Yeah, so so what, what I did was, like I mentioned earlier, guys, I, I, I hit receivers heavy this week. I mean, I, I was like, I know the – Twitter was blowing up in terms of, you know, we want to go get Marcus Vettel-Scanling, who, by the way, signed with the Chiefs tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, go, go get, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And, and listen, yeah. it's – it's this is something – yeah, I think it was three years, 30 million is what, what, what they signed him for. So, uh, right. I know the, the, the big trade with Tyreek Hill, why couldn't the Bears do that? Because the Bears aren't a Tyreek Hill away from, from you know, winning a Super Bowl. That, that's why they're, they're not doing it. And I think Miami, by the way, is going to regret that trade in the future. But, you know, that's for another show. So, uh, so I, I, I dove deep into receivers. And these are guys that, that I think – are going to be there in the second round. You know, we've already touched on some of you guys from like last week. I think Traylon Burks, I think he's a guy I would love to, if he's there at 39, somehow, some way he drops at 39, but chances are he probably won't be there. But I, I picked about six, seven guys here that are should be available in the second round. And I just want to go ahead and show you some film and, and what I like about these guys and what they could bring to the Bears offense. The first guy I'm talking about here is, is, is a Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Uh, shout out to our to our fans. They they hit me up and said, "Hey, what about Sky Moore? No one's talking about this guy." Well, you know, this is a kid, 5'10", 195 pounds, ran a four four one forty, dynamo, explosive. Take a look at this first snap here. He's lined up in a slot. You know, look, look how he explodes off the snap, eats up that cushion by that cornerback, and he uses that quickness at the top of his route to go and create that slight separation, giving that quarterback that window to get the ball to him. Again, uh, this is like against Pitt, so this is this is a you know a Division one you know. Uh, opponent here as well so you know again quickness explodes off the line of scrimmage gets into that you know into that slot area and does a nice job of using that quickness to get in front of cut in front of the face of the db giving the quarterback a nice throwing lane there a nice target to to throw to so this guy can do damage all over the football field not just from the slot and this pick here we got him you know he beats press coverage with his quickness you know again speed off the line of scrimmage and then the corner loses his footing and next thing you know it's open grass he's gone you know no one's going to catch him this is a guy that has that explosive burst that speed to be able to run away from defenders you know you constantly see him him when he's in the open field chances are this kid is gone so you know again four four one speed you know 34 and a half inch vertical so he's got the explosiveness in his lower body and his lower half that you like to see in these guys he's got that shiftiness and that, that quickness you like to see there as well uh here this this next clip here again beats press a pressing corner with his quickness off the line of scrimmage and then he stems a route to the inside slant and it look adjusts on that on the fly to the ball slightly thrown behind him catches it and continues upfield. that's the one thing i like about him here is he shows off his hands, strong hands, be able to, you know, doesn't slow down, you know, doesn't, you know, stop or anything, just continues at his full speed, just kind of reaches back a little bit, makes that catch, and then continues upfield. And that's the thing about this kid is when he catches the ball, bam, he's upfield right away. He's not looking to dance around or shake or juke or anything like that. He knows his, 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 you know, bread, you know, uh, winner there is his, his call of fame is going to be his speed and his explosiveness. And look here. Technique-wise, look the way he does an arm over there to, to get the cornerback's uh, hands off of him. Nice move right there. That's the way the teacher there, and they coach it up here at receivers, be able to get in, into the cornerback, get him, get the cornerback reaching for you. Now you do the arm mover, clear that hand, and get rid of him, you know, stem, get open, and give, you, give your uh, receiver a target there to go ahead and throw to. So, again, things that you see here, 
explosiveness, speed, short area, short area quickness, and technique here with, with him. Here, this one here, this is a nice player here. Look at him, uh, just basically rinse and repeat here from the previous clip. You know, bleats the uh, the uh, the corner off off at the snap there. Uh, notice how he runs his route here in the end zone though. He does a nice job of lining up, sets up the DB, sees that he has outside leverage on a defensive back. And we talked about it previously with Damian in terms of David Bell being able to kind of you know, pre-snap, seeing what the corner is doing, kind of sizing him up. Here he sees the DB's got inside leverage. He's got he knows he's running to the outside route. Sets him up, starts him off with that outside leverage, does a slight lean to the inside to get the DB leaning. And next thing you know, he plants his foot, he cuts to the outside route, and that's that's an open touchdown. Then a nice job of adjusting to the football and making sure he makes the play, uh, you know, corrals the ball for a touchdown. And I believe he also gets both feet inbounds here. So that's this is an NFL touchdown as well. So um, nice job setting him up, getting outside, using that, that burst, that speed to get out there. Touch ball gets there, touchdown. So this is the guy that, again, could go – there's talk about first round. I don't know if he's if he's a first round, you know, material right now, but I think he's definitely going to be in that that second round range. You know, uh, I don't think he's going to pass. I don't think he's going to get out of the second round. So if you're looking for a kid like this with that type of explosiveness, you got to take him with probably in that middle middle to lower lower half of that second round area. So that's just one kid that I, I think will, could and should be there uh, if the Bears come up at, at with pick uh, 39 and 48. Neil, what do you think about Sky Moore? Man, you have to love what he did at uh, Indianapolis. You know, he was he was really smooth. He was really really smooth in those position drills. Um, didn't drop the balls in in the uh, the gauntlet that I can remember. Um, you know, just a really interesting kid. Testing wise, you know, you mentioned the four four one, the the thirty four five vertical jump, uh, one hundred twenty five inches broad jump, seven one three cone, four three two shuttle, which was kind of like on the low end of of, of that receivers group. But um, you know, in in terms of his numbers. Like he was definitely on the top end of, of every place that he uh, went ahead and uh, tested at Indianapolis. Very smooth in drills. Um, I mean, it, it, it. If anything, the, the kid actually boosted his stock in Indianapolis based off of uh, you know what he did on film. Like the kid a lot. Um, I was never a big. I, I was never a big proponent of, of taking uh, guys under uh, six foot in this class. But, um, you know, I, I want guys with size, basically, right? I want, I want guys with size, guys that have the athletic ability, the size of Pickens, uh, you know, type of kid. Love the kid, though. I mean, I can't really say anything bad about him. But the one thing, I, I understand where you're coming from, Neil, and I agree with you, too. The Bears do need a, a, a receiver with some size. That's why Traylon Brooks would be, you know, number one for me there. But uh, this is a kid that he actually competes for those 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 uh, contested balls. And he's a guy that can, can go up there and, and make some catches. Again, you know, is it is it his strength? No, his strength is that quickness in that slot, being able to get open and, and get open quickly. And then, you know, using that burst and speed to get, you know, get downfield and, and, and touchdown or, or, or big gain. So that's where he's going to make his bread and butter. But he's a guy that will compete for some of those some of those uh, contested catches as well. So that's the only thing I like about Sky Moore too. I was really caught off guard last when I was talking last minute because I was I was thrown off. You ever you guys ever have that that uh, deal where just random audio pops up out of nowhere? You have no idea where it's coming from. Yeah, sure. I'm sitting Absolutely. here like, what is going on right now? <laughs> I didn't know it. So I, I was like trying to like make, make it through my mental process while also trying to figure out where the hell this audio is coming from. And, I, and I is, found it, it. is it Aubrey yelling at you in the background saying, shut up? No, it, de it definitely wasn't that. It definitely okay. wasn't that. No. Right. <laughs> it was, I was so confused. Though. What the hell is going on? Yeah, All right. We're good now. We're good.
figured it out. All right. All right. Uh, so go ahead. No, I'm saying I, I want to kind of set up my, my next clip for this next player if we're ready to go there or if we have questions from the from the chat. I'm not sure. No, we're good. All right. So Johan Dotson is, is a guy that I, I name you guys all know, right? So before you play the clip here, although I just wanted to let people know that this is a kid, talk about, you know, an, an athletic kid, you know, a guy who's lettered in basketball uh, track and also, you know, won a four by 100 relay. So he's got that speed, got the athleticism, three-year starter, um, you know, a, a guy that just produces at 25 touchdowns at, at Penn State, gives you some of that punt return, kickoff return ability as well. So now when we go to when we go to the tape here, take a look at this, this first snap. It's a direct snap as he's lined up in the in the backfield, you know, able to take it and, and in it for the score. You know, has that quickness, the speed to make things happen in the open field. Now, this is what we're talking about. I've been on here how many years now saying the Bears need to get players like this, get the ball in their hands, whether it's a jet sweep, whether it's a direct snap like this, this um, this clip here, or you know, or a slip screen or a bubble screen, get the ball in these players' hands and let them do it. And and then Jahan Dotson brings you that type of ability here on offense. I think this is gonna be a nice, nice compliment to to Justin Fields and Darnell Moody. The second clip here, you see him does a nice job of finding the hole in coverage and sitting there and, and, and catches the ball and quickly turns it upfield and smartly gets down. The one thing about Dotson, he obviously is not a big guy, right? 5'11, 178 pounds. You know, does a nice job in, in zone coverage, finding that hole making the catch and then getting down doesn't take unnecessary hits. You know, uh, obviously, you know, you don't want a guy that size, you know, get pounded on in the middle of the field. He's, he's, he's brave. I mean, he'll go down the middle of the field. He'll take a hit if he has to, but, but when he, when he can go ahead and just get down and, and, and make a catch and go on to the next down, the kid does that all the time. So that's another thing I like about him, a positive for me on, on tape with him. Uh, this next clip here, it's a quick hitting play to the outside. You see him using his quickness and his burst to quickly get upfield, keeping those chains moving. Again, how many times it's, it's a third and eleven, right? And, and you just want to get you want to get a play in, in the in the hands of the of your of your playmaker. Just let him do it. Let him create here. Nice job of blocking up front there by that receiver. It does a nice job of getting quickly upfield and getting securing that first down. Um, this one here, you know, it does a nice job of going over the middle. Right, we're gonna see him running this right here, going across the middle, and watch him how he extends away from his frame, reeling in that catch. Just again, displaying the toughness that you talked about. The guy will go over the middle with with no no fear. Uh, you know, he's not scared to make plays in the middle of the field. And and again, he knows how to preserve himself. You know, he does not take a big hit. Watch him here. Does a nice job. Go ahead, goes ahead, extends away, and now ducks and gets down again, preserving himself, getting himself ready to play that 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 next uh, the next down here. Uh, this one here, um, he does a hell of a job here running this route. Check this out. See how he just stems the DB at the top of his route. All right. You know, faking inside and then cutting it outside, creating that separation and the opportunity for that big play. You'll see him here. He can. This is where he'll make his money here at the next level in the slot. Nice job setting up. I think that's your guy, Dexton Hill, there, by the way. Uh, uh, Neil, I didn't do it on purpose. I was just by oh, accident. Oh, man. You're <laughs> So, I, love, I love the the head fake too on this. Um, exactly, that's the thing is like sets him up in a nice runner being able to. And Dexon Hill is a good corner, you know, a good you know cover uh, safety. Does a nice job of faking him inside, and then just that quickness to be able to cross his face mask, and get outside, and then obviously adjust for the football and, and make the catch. So these are the things you want to see with this kid. The one thing I want to point out here is is here fourth and two, big play here. You talk again, we're going to see that quickness at the top of his route, right? Be able to shake a DB, you know, and then snatches the ball in air and then converts a big fourth down play. You know, these are the kind of plays that that can that keep drives going on. You know, uh, allows teams to kind of you know proceed down the football field and, and make big clutch plays. This is a this is a, a big time play here versus a, a big time defense. Uh, in, in a, you know, in a game that, that, you know, it was close. And then all of a sudden he makes that big, nice catch there. So, you know, things like that, I look for, I look for, you know, how is the, how is the guy making the catches? When is he making the catches fourth and two, fourth and six, you know, big plays gets the ball and, and just goes up field again. 
I love the fact that he makes the catch, gets the yards he needs to get, and then gets down and saves himself. Because you see a lot of guys take unnecessary hits, and a guy at 5'11", 178, shouldn't be taking big big hits from safeties, you know, coming across the middle or even linebackers. So, you know, that's another thing I like about the kid is his quickness, his ability to get open in that those short areas, like the slot or in, in between the numbers, and then just get down, get your first down, and let's let's move on to the next play. Apologize for misspelling his name on my slates on that uh, reel. I'll uh, correct that next time we roll this on a future show. Neil, your thoughts on Dotson, who, uh, according to NFL.com, they graded him really high and said uh, their biggest comment was that he will eventually be a plus starter in the NFL. Your thoughts? 100%. And, Danny, could I argue that he might be your favorite receiver in this draft? He is not my favorite receiver in this draft. He is one of my favorite receivers in this draft. <laughs> I feel like he was the first guy you brought up once we started talking about receivers way, way back in the day, two months ago when, on our first show. I, I mean, I love quick, fast, twitch guys. I love guys that can make, make big plays, and, and I think that's that's what they need here. Now, things have kind of evolved here, right? And and Al Robinson's gone. We've lost some size at the receiver position. So I think we, they, they need a guy like Dotson for sure. But they also need a guy with some size and some some ability to be able to go up them and make some contested catches. And you know, we, we touched on a guy last week in, in Traylon Burks. You know, there's mm-hmm. a couple of guys here that we're going to talk about here. Also, guys, give you some size, give you some ability out, out you know on, on outside of the number there to be um, you know a guy that can go up and, and make a 50-50 catch. You know, you know th- those type of uh, players because Allen Robinson is gone now. He, typically, he was that guy. So we're going to have to find a replacement here. Does now, he have- I, 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 I could argue. I'm go sorry, ahead. Alda. No, no, I was uh, just I was, if he has the frame to put on more muscle and weight. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. 5'11", 178, I mean, and he's limited in terms of how much he's how much he's going to be able to put on and, and not lose, you know, some of that, you know, elite burst and, and quickness. So um, maybe a five pounds here and there is, is probably what I'm seeing, at maybe in the 180s, 182. Uh, I, I don't want to see him in, in the, one, in the 190s or anything like that. I think that would slow him down potentially. No, I, I love the hell out of this kid. He's he's super twitched up. He saw the the, the typewriter feet pitter patter right off the line. Can beat guys with with twitch. Um, you know, explosive as hell. We going we're going back through these highlights again. Um, you know, versatile too. And, and, you know, I, I love guys that you can do a lot of of tricky stuff with. Here he is, you know, out of the wildcat. You know, going around the edge, running for the touchdown. You you, you see him taking jet sweeps. You, you see him out of the slot. You see him on the outside. Um, you know, this, this is the type of kid that you could do a bunch of fun stuff with. And you pair this guy up with a guy like, you know, Darnell Mooney. And we saw what the Miami Dolphins did yesterday. They got Jalen Wall and now they got Tyreek Hill. They have two balls of explosion on, on both sides of, of the line of scrimmage that are just going to terrorize defenses. And if you have this guy paired up with, with Darnell Mooney, I feel like you have that type of same, you know, deal. Um, this kid's a great hands catcher, strong hands too, just rips the ball out of the air, catches it away from his body, pulls it in. Uh, not afraid of contact as we see him going across the middle. You know, again, like he, he's he, he's a very well-rounded, you know, all-around, ex, you know, ball of explosion with speed, with with grit. Um, you know, fights for the tough yardages. Um, you know, you really like this kid a lot. Yeah, the, the one thing with him is, and, and the reason why he's not my favorite receiver in this draft, Neil, to answer your, answer your question earlier, is because I, I think I think he's got a limit, right? I, I I don't think he's got number one potential receiver. I think he's a nice, you know. Number two, compliment. definitely number three, compliment receiver. So, so that's why with with him not, if he's not available at pick thirty nine or, or forty eight, it's because a team, you know, either before the Bears and early in the second round or maybe late in the first round 
already has that number one receiver and they're looking for a compliment. Teams like Buffer, right. right? They already have Stefan Diggs. They need a, another receiver to kind of give some explosiveness. You know, those guys at the, at the tail end of that, you know, that uh, that first round. Teams like the Chiefs now, you know, you know they need that the element of speed. That that's where you can you can go there as well. So you know, the teams that already have the number one receiver could see this kid as a nice, very nice compliment out of the slot. A guy that could, you know, Dallas for example could see them this kid being a nice replacement for you know some of the, the players they've lost in in terms of free agency. So that's where I'm afraid that he's he's going to be maybe not even available at at, at this in the second round. So we'll see how that goes. But that's why he's not my favorite receiver, just because there's a limit to what he can do. I just don't think he's he's number one receiver type you know potential. Yeah, and like Mule says. You know, Christian Watson is a guy that I want to go for because he has a size, he has the explosion, all the measurables, all the traits, everything that you want. Yeah, a little bit raw, granted, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go into him when you bring him up. We right. got him coming up here. He's coming and, up. And just very quickly, uh, Jay Rock asked the, the, these two receivers uh, that you've looked at, guys. Um, can they run block? Can they block? They're not. Them? I mean, they give effort. But that's not their strength. That's not their what you know what they're out there to do for, right? So you know, um, so if you're looking for for guys that are going to be you know definitely run block, you know guys that are, are going to be effective, I should say, uh, you know these are guys you know they'll get in the way, you know they're they're not going to shy away, uh, but they're not you know obviously that with their size they're, they're probably going to get run over a lot of times. So uh, it's just a matter of, of do you do enough to impede the defender from making a play on, on the ball carrier. And that's what I'm looking for. And, and, you know, these guys are not going to be those type of, you know, stout, you know, run blockers down, downfield, but if they can get enough in there and get in the way, you know, is the play successful because they got in the way and slow that defender down by, you know, a half second or whatever. Right. You look for the willingness. Right. That's, that's what matters. There are some guys that just olay it. And that's what you, you marked out on tape. This guy, these two guys don't olay it. Very good. Uh, since we're on the topic of uh, Christian Watson, why don't we uh, go to him and then we'll come back to the other one you had uh, in your order there, Danny. So okay. uh, this is uh, Christian Watson's tape. Yeah, again, Watson is, is a kid that we, I saw down at the Senior Bowl, uh, so did Neil, and I absolutely love him. And again, just take a look here. This this nonchalant, you know, takeoff kind of lulls the corner to sleep here. And now we see him using those long strides, see up the, the defensive back's cushion, using that 4-3 speed to get over the top and catches the ball for a big 85-yard touchdown. That looked easy. I mean, that looked just pure, you know, like no effort there. Oh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and, and take up, you know, take up this this uh, this ball here for 85 yards, touchdown, no no big deal. He's got that type of big play potential, that type of speed. So, you know, that's the one thing that, that right away kind of clicks at you when you watch his tape. Here we're going to see him go, going over the middle, you know, making a catch, you know, by leaping and extending to reeling the, reeling the football. Again, look at the space, the separation mm -hmm. he is creating from the defender here. You know, it takes a big hit, but then gets right back up and displays some of that competitiveness, that toughness that you want to see in your receiver. So, again, big time windows. And that's the thing you want when you put his tape on, he is creating big time separation. Now, some might say he's playing at that division, you know, the, the division two football that he's playing at, that level of football I should say he's playing at is not obviously, you know, SEC quality and all that stuff, but still you got to see too. You got scholarship guys too there. You know, there's a lot of guys that have come up from the F FCS that have been NFL all pros and NFL starters. So you got to respect that as well here. Uh, here you see him lined up in the backfield, takes the handoff. And again, you see some of that burst, you know, some of that speed. The, the kid's got a, this guy's just got big play potential every time the ball is in his hands. And the one thing about him that kind of makes him different than the other ones we talked about, 
is the size. 6'4", mm -hmm. over 200 pounds with a 4'3 speed. You know, this is a guy, again, raw, not fully there in terms of, you know, a, a number one receiver type, but a guy that you can kind of build up there and, and make him into a, a potential number one receiver. Uh, this next clip here does a great job of, of beating press coverage with his quickness off the snap. Has the defensive back grabbing at him, basically holding out for dear life. And again, using that speed, that burst to just blow right by him. So if we take a look at that release at the line of scrimmage again, the DB has got no chance. There's a terrific release. The DB really, really just kind of has hands around his waist there trying to hold on to him. So, uh, but again, you know, here we're talking about, um, I think this is the, uh, this is the fifth clip we have here, although where, where he beats the, okay. So this is the, uh, I think this is the stop and go route. This is where he does a stop and go route, you know, versus press coverage, you know, has the defender beat by a mile and it put the ball under thrown. So he has come back to it, you know, elevate. Actually, nope, that's a, this is the wrong clip. This I'm sorry, one. it's number four, right? Yeah, so, so, this, so, this, so this is the one where he go yeah, back yeah. to that one. Okay. Yeah, so this is the one where he I get beats press coverage uh, with quickness, you know, has that that quick twitch fiber. I look for my my quick receivers. Speed gets over the top, right? And locates the ball in the air and tracks it and adjusts to the throw and it makes a diving catch at full speed. Again, not slowing down at full speed, able to stop and or make a full uh, a diving catch for the football, which shows again his his athletic ability and all that stuff downfield. So uh, this one here, he wants a stop and go route versus a versus press coverage. The defender really is, is beat by a mile, but the ball is underthrown, so he has to come back and goes up, elevates, goes up, makes the catch over the defender, displaying again athletic ability, body control, and those strong hands. So. These are a ton of plays that you're going to see on Sundays, right? That The ball is underthrown. I want my receiver to be able to go up there and make a play like that, make a contested catch, but also bring you that element of speed, bring you that big play potential. And that's what Christian Watson gives you guys, size, speed, big play potential. Uh, again, is he raw around the edges a little bit? Sure. Not, does he need to be developed? And, I, and from what I've heard, the Bears have hired one of the better right receiver coaches in the league. So that I'm excited about that because you guys know how I felt about the previous wide receiver coach. Coach that the Bears employed. So this is going to be something that you give him a, a kid like this with all these tools, and you don't let him go to work and just you know make him a, a you know a, a diamond in the rough, if you will, and let him develop into that potential number one receiver. What do you think, Neil? You know, just because North Dakota State looks like Green Bay on tape doesn't mean Green Bay is going to take it. <laughs> 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 you know, you guys like yeah, Green Bay's going. No, I mean you know. They, they might. I mean, who knows? I mean, he knows where he falls. I mean, you know, to me, he, he's one of my favorite wide receivers rounder. in this draft. Yeah, huh? I, don't think he's, I don't think he's a first-rounder, right, Neil? I don't think he's a first-rounder. He does have a little bit of development to do, but, I mean, he's not like those guys we're talking about with, uh, you know, with, with our boy earlier where, you know, you have developmental guys that need a lot of freaking work that mm -hmm. are probably going to end up falling, you know, late three at, be at, at, at best, uh, mm -hmm. you know, going into four and five. But, um you know, Christian Watson, I, I think, you know, I brought it up when we're doing our senior bowl wrap-up show. When you're watching him uh, go through, uh, you know, position-specific drills while, you know, they were in Indianapolis, how fast and how quickly and how explosively he eats up yardage with his strides. Long right? shredder, and, yep. I, you know, I, I said before, I, I call that, you know, juice to the step. He's got so much juice in his step that he eats up so much ground as he goes, as he climbs his route. That it, you know, the, the, the DBs are basically in a position where they, they're so dumbfounded where they don't know what to do, right? It puts them in, in a position to where they have to, you know, really, like, you know, sink or swim, you know, type of deal. Although, go ahead and throw those, those highlights back up, man. You got it. Got, got some thoughts on that. So, I mean, I mean, number one, I mean, you, you look at this kid, he has the size, he has the measurables, he's got the speed, he's got the explosiveness. 
it, it's so easy for him to eat up this yardage and get all the, this 10 yards of separation by the time the ball falls in his hands. Can we, can we get a quick shout for Quincy Patterson, by the way, Chicago kid throwing this ball? Mm, yeah. Quick shout to Quincy Patterson from uh, Solorio Academy here in Chicago. I didn't know that. A little golf clap for Quincy. A Patterson family Dropping it you. in there. What's that? The Patterson family thanks you. There you go. <laughs> the other thing yeah, about no. this is, is the explosiveness, right? The 30 and a half vertical leap. The, the, Correct. The 4, 3, 6, 40. The, you know, he broad jumped over, over 11 feet. I mean, that, that's the – and it gives it the 32 arms. That, that the right there. Inch arm length. The, the, it gives you a, a, a huge catch radius along with the explosive power, the speed, and all that stuff. So that's what I'm talking about is, is this kid has got all the tools. And the other thing, Neil, that I noticed, and I think you noticed as well down in the senior bowl, was his quickness in and out of his breaks, in and out of his cuts. For a guy that size, you know, you're not expected to see that. You know, a guy that, that big, that tall. So that's another thing that caught my eye as well. We don't have that in these, these clips here, but we just see more of, I show more of his explosiveness here. But just the in and out of breaks real quick. If you can refine that and get him to be a consistent route runner, get in and out of his break with that kind of twitch and that kind of body control he's got, again, this is a kid that, that uh, I, I think has chance to develop into that potential number one receiver. Well, you, you said the word I was going to use on clip number two, where he's coming across the middle, has to tore his body, get his his hands around backwards, and catch that ball basically behind him. The body control to be able to do that, the core strength, the core flexibility to be able to do that, the hips to be able to do that at full at that speed size, though, too. He doesn't and, slow and down. Full speed, right? And, you know, he, he he's running across the middle, still trying to gain separation on, on his on his defender, catch this ball. That that that's special. Right. Um, and it takes a big hit. I like this. I like it. He takes a big hit and gets right back up again, points the first yep. down. Says, you know what? Keep bringing yeah, it on. A little cocky, you know, little yeah. thing. I love that. I love that. That shows me competitive toughness and some, some juices 100%. there flowing for the kid. Yep. This is the running play. Yeah, the run play. I mean, again, I go back to what I said about Jahan Dotson. You got a kid that, you know, he shows versatility on film. He shows, you know, position specific versatility. You give him the handoff, he finds the hole, it explodes through like a tailback, you know, has a little bit of vision to him. By type reminds you of T.O. T.O.'s a little bit bigger. T.O.'s bigger, a little more th yeah, thicker. But, yeah, uh, so. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the guy I want to compare him to right now. It, it'll, it'll come to me. But, I mean, shit, you know, in, in terms of size explosiveness, yeah, sure. Yeah, I can go ahead and compare him to T.O. Um, I, I should say uh, height and explosiveness. Yeah, size, you know, T.O.'s probably got 20 pounds on the kid. But, I mean, it, it's just the, the – the, uh, it's just so easy for him. That, that's that's really what you can, can like dumb it down to. It's just e everything looks easy when you watch him run the drills. E even like once you get outside of, of of the routes and and all the position specific stuff, when you see him do the agilities, when you see him, you know, do 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 the gauntlet, everything he does just seems so natural, so easy, so just you know, he he's he's well within himself. He, he's he's not he's not pressing, he's not stressing, he's 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 not trying too hard. It, it, he's very chill, just going through everything, and that, that's just why I love easy, him. easy mover, just 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 a terrific 100%. athlete. And like I said, he's got that twitch to him. This this yeah, top boom, and boom, goal boom. is yeah, this big time top and goal. If, look, go. Yep, if if that ball was thrown in front, he's he's a catching that for for a big play. But then as the ability to stop and come yeah. up and then jump and, and make a play on the ball again, showing that you know the uh, the strong hands, the body control. You know, we talked about the, the verticality there, the 30 and a half inch vertical leap. So this is the things that, that, you know, yeah, Mike, uh, he's, he's a much faster Mike Evans. So I, I think yeah. Mike Evans might be a little bit bigger too, as well, in terms of height. Yeah, too, like but, uh, they're like 225, 230. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that, that brings you that, that speed element. AJ Green is, is, is a nice, nice comp there as well. You know, a younger, you know, Cincinnati Bengals version of AJ Green, not, not the, you know, Arizona Cardinals version we saw 
Arkansas last last couple of years. So, yeah, definitely a kid that I'm I'm really high on. You know, if, if he's there in that second round, again, he's a guy that that can come in and, and provide that spark, provide that 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 you know um, speed element uh, on on offense that can that can we talked about earlier with Damian with some of the other players in terms of hey the defender got to know oh, Watson's here he runs four three speed you know we we got to keep an eye on him so that that gives them someone to worry about something to think about and now you have Darnell Mooney on the other side you know Cole Komet running in the middle because mm-hmm. again when this guy stretches the defense and stretches the field you, that open that middle opens up big time for guys like Cole Komet and other tight ends that they have on this roster maybe even if you have a running back sneaking out of the backfield you know on, on a little in cut route so you know it gives you so much more possibilities other than him he doesn't have to make every single play or every single catch but just that element that speed gives you, it, it just it's a it's a big uh, um, proponent to be able to bring you some bigger plays as your offense you know trickles down the field. And when, uh, you, when you go back to the Senior Bowl stuff, um, you you look at the uh, the GPS uh, measurables that that came through from uh, Zebra Technologies. Christian Watson had the fastest in-game uh, miles per hour yeah. of all the offensive guys at twenty point. I think it was six three. Mm-hmm. I remember off the top of my head. I mean that in-game miles per hour, twenty point six three for a kid that's six four two oh eight. I mean that as I mean we, we saw what he did to combine. He he's legit fast. He's legit explosive. All the measurables show it. But like when, when you go in and like you know break down some of the the, the GPS stuff, I mean it, it it's still like it it shows up in game as well. So it's uh, to to me it's easy. If he if he's there at uh, you know I, I guess at this point we're looking at forty eight. 39 or 48 i mean 39 i don't i don't know i, I still want to take an offensive lineman i want to take a left tackle at 39 offensive guard at 39 um it'd be hard to pass him up at 39 but if he's there at 48 i i think that's a that's a no-brainer i don't know about you danny yeah for me again like your point there we got to see what they do do they have a veteran left tackle in here you know we we talked about right. you know maybe a turn on but that's that's gone you know i know Dwayne brown's out there i know i know fisher's out there and i know they're not the same players as they were before but you need a veteran presence there even if you're going to bring in a guy in, in the later rounds of the draft to kind of compete and, and and kind of coach up right so that's a that's the thing that still worries me is that left tackle position that's that I, for me it's going to be offensive defensive line the other thing is defensive you know last time we were on the show we were, we were raving about the Larry Ogunjobi signing obviously lo and behold next day he fails his physical and he's not part of the team anymore so now he moved on to yeah Justin <laughs> Jones who by the way Justin Jones when we were down in Mobile although I remember you and I were talking about this guy he was on with the, with the crop top running you know, sideline and sideline making plays like a madman oh. and and he just wasn't a fit for the Bears at the time because he was more of a three technique and, and lo and behold now that you know things come turn around and he's now, now a bear so I think He's a he's a guy that could probably be a part of a rotation. I I, I just would be hard for me to kind of rely on him as, as my as my true two, three technique as, as my full time starter. You know, as a part of a rotation, a guy that can, that can be paired with inside with another explosive defensive tackle. That's something that I would I would be you know really interested in. Uh, so again, with pick thirty nine, you know, are, are are we still looking for a defensive tackle, or are we you know is that an an, an area of need? Because again, this defense does not go without a three technique, a true a true disruptive three techniques so that's the thing is like you know are they good there or do we go for a guy like a travis jones do we go for a guy like you know i've talked about logan hall you know you know so other other defensive uh, linemen that are going to be available there so you know if, if ryan pole sticks to his word he's going to look at that offensive line and defensive line with probably that first that first pick is, is my guess and then from there you can kind of go on and, and now start filling needs right talk about you know receiver talking about you know, uh, uh, corner and all other positions. So, uh, you know, that, that's the thing is, is, is what is the bears roster at? 
um, when that pick 39 comes up, you know, is, is it going to be, is there still a need at left tackle? Is there still a need at, at guard? You know, obviously they, you know, they, they signed uh, uh, Bates to that offer sheet today. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes in terms of Buffalo matches it. Cause that, that could fill a, an interior you know, offensive line position there for them. So potentially, so we'll see how that you know goes. But again, for me, offensive defensive line is, is, is my top priority, get those spots filled in. And then we go receivers. Cause I said, like I said earlier, receivers, you can find guys, these are guys I've just I've just today uh, that I've, I've marked that, that could be available in the second round. A couple of guys near the end, maybe maybe third round range. Uh, but again, there's going to be receivers third, fourth round that you can bring in here and give you what we're talking about: explosive plays. All right, we're moving on to George Pickens. Yeah, this is a guy that that's very. Before you run the run the, uh, run the highlights here, this guy is very popular amongst amongst Bears fans. You know, he's a guy that a lot of guys have kind of pegged with that pick thirty nine and. And, and you, you put on his tape, and, and there's no doubt you see the talent, right? You see the the the, the size at 6'3", 195, 32 plus inch arm length. Uh, you know, uh, ran a four four seven forty, 33 inch vertical. Uh, but th- but there's some some background here with with, with George Pickens, and, and maybe Neil, you can chime in here. You know, this is a kid is a very talented kid, but was a five star recruit coming out of high school, but was suspended back in 2019. For, for from team rules and then came back and then got suspended again for punching a player uh, in, in a game. So, so there's some maturity things that we want to be careful here. So I'm sure the bears are going to vet this kid out, but you took a look at his talent here. It does best here goes up and makes a, makes a catch versus, you know, versus a DB, a contested catch. Again, we're talking about a leaping ability, right? 30, 33 inch vertical body control, strong hands, a guy that can, that can go up. But even if he's covered, he's still open. These are the type of receivers George Pickens is, right? So that's the first one there. This one here shows him a little more quickness here. Catches a slant pass, and he uses that burst upfield for this touchdown. And the combination of size, speed, and athletic ability make him the, a very good receiving prospect here. Again, this is not where he's going up and making that catch. This is where he's using that quickness, that speed, to be able to get inside and, and c- catch the ball. Now burst, burst through through the, the defense secondary and into the end zone for a touchdown. So he gives you that type of big play potential as well. Again, very talented kid, very athletic kid. Uh, the other thing is, is we'll get to after the highlights here, but there's, there's some other things about him that I really do like and that he showed this year. Uh, this one here versus Cincinnati. You know, here he blitzes, you know, his man blitzes. So you see him, he's got matchup versus the safety and he gets over the top leverage and look at him just lay out and make this catch, you know, displaying that, that big, you know, big play downfield potential. So again, speed, quickness, his man goes inside. He knows he's going to go deep. He's got a safety line up against some quarterback. Does a good job of just laying it out there for him a little bit too far. Uh, again, tracks the ball over his shoulder. Do what you want to see receivers do. And then does that lays, lays out, makes a, a, a catch. You know, uh, uh, terrific catch again, showing his hands and his ability to go ahead and, and, and make those scientifical plays downfield. Uh, this one here. Um, so this is where I, I, I marked this as a bad play. For me, I, I see some mental lapses and, and some laziness in this tape, and that could be just maturity. That could just just be maturity. Again, this was uh, two years. This tape was from two years ago. Um, so you know, again, he, for me here, he doesn't make a play at the ball. You know, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna get a, a, a if you're not gonna make a catch, right? If the badly poorly thrown ball. As a receiver, you turn DB here. You make sure that ball is not caught by the, the defensive back and that it, it goes ahead and becomes uh, an incompletion. Luckily, it became that at the end here. But I just saw a lack of effort there. I just saw him not really trying to go after that football. So I, I marked that down as, as a negative for me on his tape. And I do see some of that on his tape as well in terms of loafing. So good call, Cliff. I, I do see some of that some of that loafing on, on his tape there. Um, so that that's that's a negative play for me. I, I want to see a, a bigger effort from my receiver, especially my potential star number one receiver, especially in the red zone. You know, you don't want to give up an interception there in the red zone. You got to help your quarterback out. 
Um, this play here, you can see him here lined up uh, in, in to the to the outside, and you know he brings that type of versatility. You can see him going inside in the slot. You can see him lined up outside the numbers. He was inside the slot here, and he runs that route right behind that linebacker. You know, goes a nice job of getting behind the linebacker, getting some depth there, but then cutting in front of the safety and giving his receiver an op opportunity to get that ball over that second level into that third level. And again, showing that natural athletic ability, right? Being able to go up there. Long arms, 32 plus inch arm length, uh, 33 inch vertical leap, 6'2 frame. Guy goes up there and makes a catch. So it uh, gives you this type of uh, uh, red zone target, guys. It gives you a big body receiver. We talked about earlier. We want some guys that can go up there and make make these kind of plays and and you know and contested catches in tight quarters. You know, we had that with Allen Robinson. He's now gone. You know, Pickens is a guy that potentially gives you some of that ability along with the speed and the quickness we see in some of the other plays as well. Last clip coming up. Here, this is this is here when he's when he's engaged and, and, and his competitive edge comes out. And I want to show you here how he hustles his, his ass off downfield and he sets a block up here. And look, he rides. I think that's it's Kobe Bryant there. Yeah, he rides him two, three yards on the field. And this is what I talk about. When he's engaged, when he's competitive, when his juices are flowing, you see stuff like this on, on film. And we earlier had a question about blocking receivers. This he can do this. Now he can he can give you this. Does he give you this every single time out? No, because you see him at times where his his takeoff at the line of scrimmage. Is is lackadaisical, uh, you know, because you you tell it's a running play or the play is not designed for him, and those are things that you got to coach out of him. Now, again, that's a two that's two years ago, so there's some immaturity there with the kid. We already know he has had some off the field stuff here and there that you have to kind of vet him real real well and make sure you're not getting a, a guy that's going to come in here and cause some some issues off the field. The other thing about him though, and this is something that Neil I want to talk to you about is is he showed me something this year by coming back from an injury. He tore his ACL in, yeah. in the spring. And he fought his ass and worked his ass off to come back and play the final three seasons of, of the regular season for Georgia and then also played in the championship game. He wasn't 100%, but he wasn't saying, you know what, I'm not going to go up there and, and, and ruin my, my, draft, my draft stock potentially and, and play at, at, you know, not 100%. So that, to me, maybe he's gone over some of the maturity concerns I had, you know, in previous years. Maybe now that he gets it. Maybe now this is important to him. And that's that's to me was a very big positive to see him fight through that that torn ACL. He didn't have to do it. He could just be like, you know what, I, I can come back next year, or I can just go go to the draft. We've seen other guys do it. We've seen other guys just kind of like lay down and say, you know what, I, I'm I'm good. I'm going to rehab. I'm going to get ready for the draft. No, he came back for the final three games. Clearly, wasn't 100. Still had some some big catches in the championship game. So again, mm -hmm. that to me shows me some competitive juices, some competitive toughness, and and some maturity as well. So I'm curious what yeah. you thought about that one. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what happens a lot of time, guys, is that uh, when highly competitive, highly athletic, big-time players get uh, sidelined for a long period of time, they get humbled up really quick, you know? And uh, they start to realize what's really important to them, and they don't take it for granted anymore. And I, I feel like George Pickens kind of had that sort of a, you know, come-to-Jesus moment, if you will. Um, you know, I, you know, he, he's a kid from Hoover, Alabama, went to Hoover High School, um, and you know, not that every kid coming out of that football program, a very well-coached football program is a football saint or anything like that, but, uh, you know, he had some, he had some good upbringings in the game, if that makes sense. And, and, uh, you know, but you know, the, the thing about it is, is that, you know, like I said, they, they, they don't come in, in the same shape and size and, 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 uh, you know, uh, operating system, if you will. Right. So. Um, he probably has, has his, his issues in, in his past, but I'll tell you what, I, I've seen some kids in, in, in my career that, you know, they'd be talkers, they'd be, you know, they'd have a big ego to them. Um, 
really athletic, you know, big time players, they could, they get themselves a pretty catastrophic injury. And all of a sudden that attitude shapes up real quick <laughs> and, it, and it's, and it's almost instantaneous in a lot of ways. So, you know, it, it's a good argument. I'll, I'll actually look into that a little bit and see what, uh, you know, um, my uh, down South guys had to say about what, what, they, what they found out in the, you know, the character, you know, process. But, uh, you know, the thing about George Pickens is that, you know, when, when you're looking at that film, in terms of how he runs routes, it's, you know, kind of the same way that I, that I describe, you know, Christian Watson a little bit. It's very smooth. It's very easy. He's more refined because he's been coached up better. He's been in a better program. He runs a, bit, a bigger variety of the tree. Um, so, I mean, his he, talent. He's, he's, very, he's, he's much more well-developed and, you know, on, on the front end, he's a lot more talented. You know, Christian Watson had to become a guy. George Pickens was a guy on the front end. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, 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 was, he, was, he was this guy from the very beginning. You know, he, he was a big-time player once he came in. So I, I think that that's the only difference, really. Um, the only thing with, with both those guys is, is, is their talent pops on film for you. You know, it's, 100%. It's, yeah, it's not like you have to kind of see, all right, what do they do well here and there? You can just see both are smooth, easy gliders. Both have explosive, you know, bursts and, and get off at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, both are able to extend away from the frames and make catches like that at full speed. You know, that's mm-hmm. the things you want to see. That talent just oozes off out of these players. Like I said, you know, this kid's played in a bigger program, a bigger conference, and probably more, you know, more well coached up, probably will come in and probably maybe give you more of an impact uh, quicker, maybe possibly. And then Christian Watson probably needs some, a little bit more, you know, coaching or, or whatnot, but not that he won't be impactful as a rookie, but you know, just, right. I just, I expect George Pickens, if he's healthy to come in and, and make up, make, make plays week one, basically for, for the bears. So if they select them, but again, he's a guy that's very popular amongst bears fans in terms of mock drafts, in terms of guys they want. Uh, no, he, he's, he's to me, he's, he's a much, much more, more athletic, Alshon. much more. Yeah, Alshon's bigger. Alshon was mainly a one trick pony. It was a guy that go up and make plays on contested catches. This kid has a speed to be able to beat you down, you know, deep uh, for, for a deep touchdown can also go up and make those plays, those body control, those 50, 50, uh, you know, plays downfield as well. So he gives you a lot of what Allen Robinson gave you uh, at a much, obviously much younger age. So this is a kid that I think will get ideal fit in the offense because of the fact that again, his skill set is, is Allen Robinson. Again, when you see the stuff like this, when his competitiveness is, is, is on high and his motor is running, kid can do anything he wants on the football field. He can block, he could run for for a touchdown. You can give him you can give him a, a, a jet sweep, and he can you know he's got the ability, the speed to be able to get downfield and, and make plays out of there as well. So he's that talented. Again, he was a five star uh, recruit coming out of high school. So you know, talent's always been there. You know, some maturity issues. Again, as I talked about earlier, those are some of the questions you have about him. And obviously, the injury he comes back from from last year, so that shows some of that toughness. But again, very very talented kid. Doesn't you know? There's also some concentration drops. You know, you watch some of his tape. There are some times where he's just not concentrating. Doesn't look the ball into his hands, drops it. So you you'll see some of that as well. That's got to be coached out of him as well. So not the perfect prospect, probably why you're seeing him now listed in the second round in most mock drafts. But again, right. he's a guy that gets gives you talent. And if you get him, you get him right, you can potentially have yourself a superstar there. You know, when when these uh, when these scouts come in for character evaluation, and one of the, one of the things that they ask about is uh and especially with with what you're talking about like you know he he's got the he's he's got the background he might have some red flag in terms of character um you know the things that he does on the field is, is sort of inconsistent like does he have the want to to be a professional does he have the want to to be great and, and in terms of that can he be coached up in order to achieve those things and if he has that 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 kind of like you know mentality about him if he has that kind of makeup that genetic makeup in him then yeah he's going to be fine 
But again, we're not within the four walls of Georgia. We don't know at 100% you know, what we've seen from, from our own two eyes over the course of the past four years. And so that, that's really the big thing. You know, a, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about comes out in the discovery process when, when, the, when the, uh, the, the scouts come in during August. And then, you know, uh, you know throughout the year, uh, spontaneously throughout the year to, uh, you know, check back up on these kids. August is the, the big character month. These guys come in to get character, to get body types. And that's really it, right? And then they come in throughout the year to, to watch tape, to see guys on the practice field, to kind of more evaluate the, the athletic and competitive sides of things. But like in August, when, when these scouts come in, if Georgia goes ahead and says, yeah, you know what? Um, honestly, the, the, the injury really kind of changed the kid a little bit. He was a little bit of a shithead before, and now he's he's much better. He's more competitive. He's more cooperative. He's much more coachable, coachable those types of things. Or it could be one of those things where, yeah, when, when he was young and immature and dumb, as kids tend to be, yeah, he had these things, and then he grew up, as kids tend to do, right? And so that, that, that's where the whole thing that we're talking about here is, like, which, which side of the coin is it? If it is any size of those coins, or, or or is it just that, yeah, he is still immature. He hasn't grown up yet. Is that a, a a thing that the player development guy at the next level has to get his hands on? Is he going to become one of those dudes that he's got he's got to spend uh, a lot of time with with that particular individual within the four walls of that of the uh, franchise, and a lot of hands on kind of you know molding to, to to do within you know the the kids mentality, the kids attitude, the kids uh, you know competitive juices, all those different types of things, in addition to uh, receivers coach getting his hands on him. And then those are all, all the things that scouts figure out. I mean, we're, we're just looking at what we see on tape and is what we see generically as we look at, uh, you know, things that may pop up in the news, things that may pop up in his bio, whatever the case may be that, you know, our ability to, you know, judge character, um, you know, but mainly like what we see on tape. I mean, shit, yeah, that, that, that kid has it. He has, he has the ability. He has, uh, he has the tools. Uh, he has, he has what we need to fit what we want. Very good stuff, gentlemen. Uh, do you want to continue or should we save the tape that we have left for next week and then get to uh, – And we haven't even got to Neil's players yet. So maybe we've That's got nice next time. week's show already built in. What do you think? Yeah, we, we, I can roll – I can continue with the players or we can go with Neil's guys or we can just you know take some questions or whatever you want to do. Yeah, I'm let's hoping. do that. Let's take some questions and also uh, we'll save the tape that we have on Bo Melton and um, – uh, Tolbert, who people were, <laughs> Ravi says, I want to see Tolbert. <laughs> let's do, let's do Tolbert, and then we'll handle a few questions, and then uh, we'll uh, get to the last guy, Bo Melton, next week, along with uh, some fresh tape that we'll have. Um, and I know uh, people are dying to talk about cornerbacks, and I know you guys have been looking at tape of cornerbacks, so we'll, we'll promise that for next week. Let's go on and um, so before you play Tolbert, I just want to give some background here. Uh, this is a kid I. You know, full disclosure, I had never watched up until uh, when I saw him at, at the Senior Bowl. And I'm like, damn, this kid looks like part. He looks legit mm -hmm. like a number one type of receiver. He's got the frame. He's got the you got the, 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 the definition in terms of, you know, his arms, his legs, everything like that. Six, 194 pounds, 32 and a quarter arm length. Give, again, 10 inch hands gives you a big catch radius. And that's what you want in your in your uh, in your big you know, number one receivers. And I put on this tape here. First play. Look what he does. And I, I'm like, all right. This kid, look at him. First play, gets off press coverage with a great release. Okay, this is versus Tennessee guys, versus Tennessee volunteers. Uh, turns up field, tracks the ball over his shoulder, and then this makes a superb one-handed catch versus a corner. Uh, just, again, nonchalant, just gets off field uh, against a guy that's a Division One player in the SEC and just puts it up there with that 10-inch paw and just brings it in. So, again, you're talking about a kid's got 
uh, athletic ability, you know, gets off that that jam real quick. And again, that that big natural hand uh, ability to be able to put his hand on and make a catch, impressive right away. Uh, again, here we're taking a look at a, at a play of fourth and six. Again, I like to show context in a play. Again, this is still versus Tennessee, fourth and six, big time play here. Uh, take a look at how he sinks his hips here to create that separation. Okay, uses that his strength to be able to get away from the defensive back and and, and that's holding him basically on this on this whip jerk route to go ahead and be able to uh, convert on this fourth and six play. Again, let's talk about determination. Let's talk about a guy who's got some some quick. Uh, Twitch fibers in him, and he's got some strength here to go ahead and look. That guy's holding him, and he gets away from him, and he gets the ball and gets up field real quick. Again, fourth and six. This is this is impressive. Uh, again, he's not doing it against you know uh, St. Mary's or anything like that. He's doing it against some uh, you know SEC team here. Again, we're talking about sinking his hips, you know, on the on these whip and jerk routes, and being able to create that separation, that slight window. The ball gets on him really quick there. Catches it and then turns around. He's upfield. And he's gone. You know, when he ran a, a four four nine at the combine, uh, I, th I think he's he's in that, that mid mid four four range there. He's got some of that again that 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 breakaway burst and that speed. Danny, uh -oh. Danny, froze, Danny froze there for a second. Uh oh, he may uh, he may need to leave. I think FBI is investigating Danny. <laughs> I think they got him on something. Let me drop him and then see if he can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny! All right, no, Rob, Robbie, and uh, Smoke and Skokin. I mean, they, they're they're saying this this is their guy. I mean, I, I'm not against that whatsoever. He was another one of those dudes at the Senior Bowl. You look at his at his GPS, all of his uh, you know, his uh, zebra technologies measurables. I say mm -hmm. that as I wear a damn catapult, you know, freaking sweatshirt. <laughs> but I mean, I got I got to I got to give props to props to do. They're the ones that they were taking the measurements and all that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. you know, he was another one of those guys. I had a 19 plus, like you know, almost 20. On his uh, on his in-game GPS or, you know recorded speed um, at, at a at, at a size of uh, six four plus uh, around two hundred, um, you know not as explosive as Christian Watson, not as uh, you know sort of freaky in his explosion as as Christian Watson, but you know mm -hmm. the, the the same type of player in terms of you know what he gives you in terms of length, uh, strength. Uh, he, he he runs his routes very crisp, and you saw that you know you know during practice week the entire week how he ran his routes, how smooth he was, how sharp he was with his feet, how uh, how quick he was in in, in terms of uh, you know, gaining separation, looking off the the uh, the, the DB and uh, um, you know get, getting getting that uh, that that space. Um, yeah, he, he was a really interesting kid. I mean, you, and you look at what he did in summer; he absolutely torched the the Sun Belt. Uh, mm -hmm. especially this past season. He, and I think he was the only 1,000-yard receiver in the history of South Alabama football. Not that they've mm -hmm. had an illustrious history or anything like that, but still, I mean, they, they've been around for five minutes, and they, they have a guy like this come through and, and absolutely, you know, torch the league. So, um, you know, he, he's a he, he's a really interesting kid. Um, in, in terms of his background, I don't know too much about him, to, to be 100%, you know, transparent. But uh, you, know, you, you watch his film, and it, it's, it's extremely impressive. And uh, – you know, some of the guys in the chat are like, "Yeah, this is my guy." I and mean, you, you, you kind of, you know, zeroed in on a really good one, guys. Neil, what's amazing about that uh, tape against Tennessee is how often they were holding him. It was like, yeah. I, I can't and no, no flags, and no flags. No flags. The guys <laughs> get raped. No flags. Uh, this was a play that uh, Danny uh, wanted to highlight coming up here because he says, "If the quarterback uh, is this the play." 
Uh, yeah, he says if the quarterback would have thrown a better ball, he, oh no, no, this is the oh, that's your, that's the first play, yeah, fantastic uh, one-handed catch, and, and this is super. Again, he's being he's being held there, and he makes the one-handed catch. It's it's a thing of beauty, and I'm really I'm really glad. Again, like uh, Neil said, that you guys in the chat room brought this guy up because this is a guy to definitely watch. He's got adequate size at six one, almost two hundred pounds. This is the fourth and sixth play. That again, he's held on, but he's he's going to make the play and move the chains. A chain movers, that's what you want. I mean, look at that play. No, that's mm-hmm. funny. Jesus. Oh man. All right. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming that uh, Danny's uh, computer went, is on fire or something like that. FBI got him, man. I don't know what the hell he's got going on in his place, but uh, holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Let's see if we got a couple of questions we can field here. Neil, you can you can field. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, Toa says, so does uh, Watson uh, sneak into the first round? I don't think so. What do you think, uh, uh, Neil? You know that that's the scary thing is that uh, there's a lot of mocks that are starting to first round the kid, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if they're just doing that to be different, or if if they're doing that because they have someone in their ear telling them. Hey, you know, this is what I'm hearing. This is what we're thinking. This is what we, you know, we were expecting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you two got him. <laughs> <laughs> they got me last week. Hey, <laughs> you, you, YouTube is censoring people these days, man. He might, Danny must have said something too truthful. <laughs> hey, uh, Neil, I got a question for you. Have you looked at the tape of, uh, there he is. There, there's Danny. Danny there he Neil. is. And my internet just went berserk. I was like, what is going on? So I had to restart the restart the router. Yeah, you want you want to uh, get back to where you left off on tape? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can go back. This is uh, click. I think four, right? So yeah, you're on, I mean, yeah, you're on clip four. Or where, where's yeah. it five? Again, the, the the combination of of size, speed, athletic ability, and strength here to be able to get away. This is what I'm looking for in guys that potentially could be my number one receiver, right? And this is what Jalen Tolbert you know gives you here. So uh, again. Uh, this one next clip here, small detail. Uh, I want to speak here how he does a. Oh, this is the one we saw. Okay, this is the one where he he goes in, does a does a nice job of of uh, again breaking away with that. Runs away you know, from dudes. Yeah, runs away from dudes. Burst speed. Talk about it again. You know, strength to go. You know, holding again, right? Holding again. The ball's on him real quick. Uh, sinks sinks those hips and gets that separation and that that whip route, and now just runs away from guys again. Versus Tennessee here. Uh, small detail here I want to show you here. Does it run a nice route to the outside to win that outside leverage? Oh, we're playing. A, okay, we're playing the same same one again here. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm moving ahead too 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 fast here for the uh, for the clip apparently. Hey, they're clips, man. I know. I know. I, I this the internet jump bounce just kind of throw me off here. So I'm all I'm all discombobulated. This is the play that you wanted to highlight. The, right. What happened? Right. Yeah. Small detail. I just wanted to kind of display here. He runs a nice route to go out and win that outside leverage. And if and if the quarterback was any any good here, he would have thrown a, a nice you know easy touchdown. But what it does is, and, and this is what I picked on Pickens for, right? I picked on Pickens for not making an effort to come back and and be able to break up that pass. And again, here, if that ball is thrown well, that's an easy touchdown. But what does he do? He doesn't just frown or put his head down. He comes back. He jumps and he makes a hell of a play to break up that football. And that's what I'm talking about. And guys like this, this is what I, what I want to see my number one receivers. You do If you cannot catch it, the defender should not be able to catch it. And, again, nice job for him to go and recognize that the ball is underthrown. It's going to be intercepted if he doesn't go ahead and, you know, 
do something there. So on um, this part here, you, you see him run, run a stutter and go here. Uh, you know, shows me he's willing to go ahead and compete down here uh, with the DB for the football. Uh, just, you know, constantly battling downfields, you know, hand battling, if you will, uh, him and the DB. And he does a nice job, again, keeping his concentration, keeping his momentum, his speed full, at full speed downfield, and being able to track that football and make that catch. So, again, uh, you know, I want guys that can catch through contact, guys that can fight through contact downfield. Guys that have the strength to be able to break away from a defender when they're when they're running these short intermediate routes and then be able to break it free and, and, and get those big gainers. Uh, guys that have the speed to be able to make plays downfield. And I think we see a lot of that here with with, with uh, Jalen Tolbert. So again, a kid that I had uh, no no idea prior to the Senior Bowl, I had not seen a, a clip of him at all. And then just just kind of seeing his frame, his body type, the way he conducted himself down at the Senior Bowl, and now just kind of going through his tape. You know, this is a kid that I, I can see shooting up draft charts, and I, I I can see him going, you know, mid to early second round, to be honest with you. So a guy that, that came in probably, what, Neil, a day three guy at the best, right, when you first started this whole process, not talking about a yeah. guy potentially going in the second round. So if he falls in that third round, if he's there at pick 71, that's a steal for us, for the Bears, to be, get him at 71. So, you know, you put on his tape, you know, there are some drops here and there, but nothing really that alarms me, unlike Pickens where you saw some concentration drops or, or there were just, like, balls that he kind of just, you know, you could see he was not looking the ball into his hand and all that stuff so again um you know there are things he needs to clean up sure uh coming from south alabama but we saw him going up against sec versus tennessee there and and be a you know, be, be the man there in, in that that football game so um uh, you know this is a kid highly talented love his body love his frame uh gives you that again that combination of speed power and strength and be able to make plays down the field all right, uh, let's see if we can get a question or two or quick ones uh, so we can get out of here. Uh, B minuses, there were some athletic tight ends at the Combine. What do you guys think about drafting one in the later rounds? Uh, do you Have you guys had a chance to look at tight ends? And do you think uh, that well, – well, first of all, the Bears need a young developmental tight end. Um, but do you invest in one in the say sixth round? I don't think we have a seventh rounder this year. Do you invest in one in the sixth round? What do you guys think? Well, for, for me, I mean, unfortunately, right now there, there's not enough picks. Right now, there's there's way too many holes on this roster. Not enough picks. Now you're talking about maybe you know they trade down a couple of times. Now you got you know you go from six to maybe eight, nine picks, mm -hmm. and then you want to take a, take a shot at a tight end. Sure, but I think you have. You have with, with Cole Komet, you have your wide tight end, you have your inline tight end, you have your with Jasper Horstead. I mean, they they tendered him, so I'm assuming they, they're gonna they have a, a vision, a role for Horstead there. Mm -hmm. I know there were there were rumblings that they kind of contacted uh Tanyan before he ended up signing back with, with the Packers. So I think they were looking or at least you know seeing if he was interested there. Obviously, Tanyan coming off the ACL injury. So um I I would think they would look for another inline blocking tight end. Um, you know, possibly, you know, go get it. You'll know, maybe, maybe get a, another a flex you know, a tight end, but we'll see what happens. So, but I, I, at the current state right now, to answer your question, at the current, you know, projection with only six picks, I can't use one on a tight end at this moment right now. Hmm. Cliff says that's why I strongly suggest dropping down a couple of times. We need players for more than one spot. Um, Greg Gabriel feels yeah. like there might be the possibility of trading Robert Quinn not that now that they've brought in Muhammad and maybe you can get uh, even more value than you got from the Khalil Mack trade because of the contract situation. Would you guys be in favor of seeing uh, Quinn moved for maybe like a, a second rounder and a fourth rounder? Um, 
you know, that's I hate to lose a guy like Robert Quinn. You, you know, I mean, you're really decimating the defense by taking this polls approach to rebuilding the team. But what do you guys think? For me personally, I mean, I mean, I thought Quinn was a goner initially. I think he, I thought he was of the two between him and Mac. I thought he was going to be a guy that was going to you know, get, you know, be traded. But uh, obviously, Mac was was the first one to go. So, you know, you trade Quinn. I mean, he's a guy that I don't think his value is going to be any more higher than he is now, right? I mean, coming off eighteen and a half sacks, I think this is if you're going to cash in your chips, this is the time to do it. So, you know, it, I mean, we, we've talked about this, right? This is this is not a uh, they're not setting this up to be a, a, a you know a competitive season next year. They're setting it up to be you know a season where they lay the foundation. Where they, where they they get their their coaches staff in there, they get their you know their their people in there, and they, and they start laying, telling these players what to expect moving on. So you know if that's the case, if that's going to be something where you're going to be a team that wins what five, six, seven games, you know then you can possibly think about moving Robert Quinn. But my main thing is is you know if you're going to build this team, you got to build it from the inside out. You got to build it from the offensive line and defensive line. So if you're going to be getting rid of a player like Robert Quinn, yeah, Muhammad is, is a solid rotational pickup. I don't. I don't know if I can. If I can just put him there and, and just count on him to be my starter for for 17 games. Um, you know, he hasn't done. You know, he, he's been productive in a limited. You know, in limited capacity. I think he was their starter last year for the mm -hmm. Colts. That is. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I. I just. I don't know. I. I. I, need, I have some questions there. Right. Travis Gibson is a young guy that I think we saw. Uh, you know, take a take nice. You know, uh, leaps forward in terms of his career. Had seven sacks once. Basically, once uh, Mac was gone. He was a starter opposite Robert Quinn, and he had seven sacks this year. So if he can continue to get better, I think you have potentially, you know, two guys there that you can start. Now you go on, now if you go and get these picks, and now you're going to make defensive end uh, priority in the draft as well because you're going to have to bring another guy here that's going to be able to be part of a rotation. So you know you're, you're going to take away Quinn. Depends on what you get. If you get a deal like, like for example, you know the the the, uh, the Tyreek Hill deal that that was a, a deal that the Chiefs could not pass up. There's no way you could pass up you know five picks for one receiver. So if you get a, I'm not saying I get five picks for Robert Quinn, but if you get a, a a deal that's just too good to pass up, I think Aldo you put out there two uh, a two and a, and a four, right? Mm -hmm. You feel like that that's some terrific value. I think then you go ahead and do it because again, Robert Quinn's value is not going to be higher than it is you know coming off of an 18 and a half sack season. Neil, your thoughts on moving Quinn? I mean, it, it's scary, man. I, you know, it's it's almost the last piece of the uh, the playmakers on defense we had last year that's still there. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Crap. I'm, I'm just looking at the roster right now, and in, in terms of pass rushers, you have him and Gibson, and that's really it. Al Kadi Muhammad, he, he's a he, he's a defensive end, but I wouldn't call him a pass rusher. He's more of an edge setter to me. He's a rotational um, guy, yeah, basically a guy that comes in as part of a third three man, you know, you know three Mario Junior. Yeah. Is, is he he's more he's there? more of a guy to be in, interior. I think. I mean, he's going to be a defensive tackle. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, but I mean, at two seventy-seven, you know, it's just you know, and and, and also, is he going to keep his shit together? Is he going to get another you know uh, assault charge on him or, or not? I mean, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he he's always a wild card in terms of his conduct off the field. Yeah. Um. It, it, it's scary, man, because then you know you you trade away like the last remaining actual playmaking piece of your defense, and it's like okay, now what do we have now? Travis Gibson had a nice year for a third guy, right? Yep. Uh, can can he be the number one? Can he be the, you know dependent on to get 
you know, seven to 10 sacks. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, he's not, it's just, it's scary, man. It's you're, 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 uh, you're in uncharted scary. territory that at that point. But, but if you're a team, if you think about it, cause I, I'm not like initially when the question was asked, I'm like, no, well, you can't show up because this team is predicated on, on getting the front four, creating, mm -hmm. you know, creating havoc up front. But if you're, if you're kind of laying the weeds and saying, all right, this is going to be the year we kind of just kind of retool a little bit. We get younger. We, we get some, some of these guys, some, some playing time and see what we got here. And then next year we're going to be loaded with cap money we're going to be loaded with some draft picks next year's when we go and we make our move you yeah. know it, that, if you think about it that way then it makes sense to get a, get a robert quinn because he's not going to be around here probably you know going forward he's not gonna be part of your future so that's where you got to kind of take you know pause and i say all right you know what team right now is out there it's desperate for a pass rusher i think the chiefs need a pass rusher i think the you know uh potentially the uh the cowboys could mm -hmm. be coming around sniffing around robert quinn because you know he's yeah. obviously familiar with them and then they, you know they have a, they have multiple picks they can probably trade. So you know if a team comes and gives you a a, um, a package like I said earlier that you can't refuse, you're gonna have to do it, even though it's gonna cause you you know in, in the short term in terms of next year probably not having a, a decent pass rusher. Uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens, but I I, I just you know we'll we we'll got to see what what is there in terms of package that's being presented to Ryan Poles. Now we, you know, we said though, I mean you know go, going back to every show I think we've had since we started back up in January, every single show we've had. We've admitted that this roster is going to be, you know, kind of rough around the edges, mm -hmm. whatever way you slice it, going forward into August and then into right. September. You know, let, let's not let, let's not, you know, be expecting something that's actually going to win a lot of games. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I said from the very beginning, you know, let, us as fans, let's just go ahead and like temper ourselves a little bit. Let's not get too out of control in terms of our evaluations of what, you know, the the new GM, his staff, and, you know, the coaches are going to do with what they give them because, you know, with what Ryan, Ryan Pace left in the cabinet, man, it's, it's rough. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, it, 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 it is rough terrain with, with what we're working with right now. And, you know, polls is, is kind of, you know, made some, you know, David Blaine shit happen with, <laughs> with what little he has had to make happen with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so far so good in terms of the moves that he's made so far so good. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel, I feel like us as fans, uh, you know, are like a lot of the reactions on Twitter, you know, um, been a little bit over the top, uh, not, not, not to, uh, you know, insanity's extent, you know, you know, so to speak, but, uh, you know, let's be patient guys. You know, my, he, my one he, he's, he's going to make some things happen. My, my one concern is, is, is I understand where you're coming from, Neil. And, and I think Aldo agrees as well as that, that this is going to be that, that adjustment year, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, but my, my concern is, all right, you have Justin Fields. And you cannot let Justin Field just, you know, take more lumps, right? As you're kind of putting oh, this thing back together again. So that's been my concern is, is are, what are you doing to help Justin Fields here, right? I understand you're going to be trading away veterans and make big money. I understand you're going to take big cap hits this year so that next year you can free up a lot of cap space. I understand maybe you're not going to be a big time players in free agency. So you can maybe recoup some comp picks next year. Fine. I get that part. But you do have. A potential franchise quarterback, you know, playing there, you cannot put him out there with a subpar offensive line, right? You cannot put him right. out there with no receivers, basically. And you know, Byron Pringles is a nice gamble, sure, but you need more than that. So I, that's why I'm thinking, you know, as long I can live with them telling me, you know what, we're going to take this year and just kind of build our culture and get our team going, get some of these young players in playing time, as long as they are protecting and 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 helping develop Justin Fields and, and putting him out there with just Darnell Moody and Byron Pringle. And I know they're going to draft a you know, receiver or two, but it's like, they need some more people around him to help him. And eventually the offensive line, that left tackle scares position scares the hell out of me right now, guys. And I, I know people are talking about Larry Borum talking about the guys, 
that's not going to happen. If, if you want to put a, a real left tackle, it's either going to have to come, you know, a veteran like a stopgap veteran free agent, or it's going to have to be, a, a, you know, probably that pick 39. Someone's going to have to fall to you and you're going to have to draft them. That guy's going to have to start. Don't tell me Larry Borum or, or Tevin Jenkins is going to be your starting left tackle next year because I don't want Justin Fields behind an offensive line that has Larry Borum or Tevin Jenkins as a starting left tackle. Now, How many Mike, times have you said that Tevin Jenkins is not good enough? Yeah. How many times? Too many times because <laughs> it's, it's it's true. Um, put the record on repeat. My my concern is you know you talk about Justin Fields and protecting him. You also got to protect him from uh, having a terrible team, which you know by my estimation that's where this team is headed for this first season. I understand Poles' plan, and I understand the team is going to take some lumps, and that's part of rebuilding. But at the same time, you don't, and, and you're talking about building a culture. You don't want to build a culture that's that that you have to fight through these losses and right. continually tell people, tell your players, you know, we're getting better, guys, even though you you lost the game. And, and to do that over a 17 week season is very very difficult. And if also if you're going to acquire new defensive backs, you've got to give them an opportunity, and that opportunity means getting a pass rush, getting pressure on the quarterback, because that's when defensive backs create turnovers. If you're not having a pass rusher out there hurrying the quarterback, disrupting the throw in some way, then you're not really helping DBs make these turnovers. And so as 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 much as I would like to acquire two picks for Quinn, a second and a fourth, wow, that's juicy. The same time, man. Uh, you know, what what are you doing here? I, how many games is it okay to lose in 2022? Because I've I I can't see this team winning six seven games, not with the roster that they currently have. They are losing guys like Allen Robinson, who are true number one wide receivers, and bringing in guys like uh, Brian Byron uh, Pringle, who's a number three receiver. He could potentially develop into a one. But let no. you know, let's. Uh, that's not his history so far. So I, I'm I'm a little concerned right now. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's the thing. It's 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 you don't want to you know retard the growth of of, of Justin Fields. You want to be able to continue progressing and and they can take the next level, right? You know, we've seen him out there working with Darnell Mooney. You see him showing some of that leadership right now in the off season. So that's that's all positive stuff. You want him to come in here and feel confident in terms of what is you know going in week in and week out that he's got a chance to go in and, and and win you know at least have a chance to win a game not just going in and think all right we're gonna get our blood our, our brains bleed out and all that stuff especially guys all the talent that's defective from the nfc to the afc the nfc has been never never been so more wide open right now. I, th- I think it's basically the buccaneers you know the, the packers depending on what they do at receiver and and you know who else is, is, is a contender in the nfc in, in your minds right so I, th- I think it's like if you get in there and you, and you start being competitive, you know, you have a chance to maybe make the playoffs as, as a seventh seed or something like that, or a sixth seed, and, and get in there. And, and now, now you start building some of that confidence you talked about. And again, that that quarterback is got to be your primary concern, in making sure he's developing and making sure he's got weapons around him and protection up front. Yeah. Look at what Robbie's saying. Ah, we stole another half hour of draft talk. Love it when we go into overtime. <laughs> All right, fellas. Great, great job. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, adjusting on the fly here. Uh, and I apologize to Neil that we weren't able to get to your players, but that helps us for next week because uh, you know, you're at a, a 99% prepared for next week. And I want to thank uh, Damian Parson. He was outstanding today, man. We should have just had him on for two hours. He, uh, he really uh, uh, 
uh, brought brought his A game tonight, and so I'm really grateful for him. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at uh, DP underscore uh, NFL and uh, head over to the Draft Network online, uh, read their articles and uh, use their mock generator. Uh, it's all good stuff there. Guys, uh, any final shout-outs you want to give out? Uh, Neil, start with you. Yeah, well, I mean, just say to the fans, man, to, to the listeners, to the watchers, you guys bring it every week too, you know what I mean, um, with your questions, your comments, and everything else. Uh, you know, Danny and I aren't actually in the chat, so we don't see what everybody says. Aldo puts up the most interesting stuff. Wow, and, don't say that. <laughs> People are going to get offended. Hey, why wasn't I put up as no, many? No. <laughs> the, the, the stuff that we could bounce in and, you know, create conversation off of and, and everything else. I should probably have another screen up just so I can see what people are saying. And you like, should be able to see it on your No, but, you know, shout out to you guys because you, you guys bring it every single week. Too. And again, mm-hmm. You know, from from week to week, um, you know, if if you guys have anybody that you want us to go ahead and uh, you know, take a sh- shot at, any any questions, whatever, just hit us up, DM us, uh, up on the. Outside of that, you know, always uh, fun times being on with you guys. Like, like the show, comment on the show, share the show. Um, it, it's been a hell of a week for me. I'm I'm gonna watch the rest of these basketball games. I'm gonna finish drinking the blood of my enemies and go to sleep. Wait a minute. We got breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah. The Bears have just signed Trevor Simeon. Oh, hey, God. that's good. A two year deal. Uh, what do you guys think? I like Trevor. Good kid. Uh, what's up with Nick Foles? Uh, are you, are you, you already paid his roster bonus, so that's already money sunk. I, I, yeah, it, it looks like the Bears and the Seahawks are neck and neck. They're racing for the team that's going to have the most dead cap money this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's a race you want to win. But yeah. uh, I, just, I just don't know what's what's going to happen with you know because if, if you trade Nick Foles, um, assuming you take some of that money, and then you you may get a what six round pick. Hey, we said we don't have a six round pick. Maybe we get another six round pick here for for Nick Foles. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, Trevor Simeon that doesn't do much for me. Uh, obviously, you get a, a bucket of water for Nick Foles. That's what we might get for Nick Foles. Maybe, maybe a filled or empty. <laughs> that's the thing well, water don't cost, well actually now with inflation water might actually cost something but you know but the thing is with, with Trevor Simeon all right so if you think about it you know if the Bears have a quarterback that is you know a mobile you know the guy that can they can use his legs to make, to make plays you know Simeon's not that kind of a quarterback not not that Foles was either so I'm just curious what the, what the infatuation with Trevor Simeon was so you know obviously with, with Bates the the guard that got you know they're signing from the from the Bills we know what what the draw was there. Ian Cunningham, the Bears' general manager, um, you know, actually uh, got him to sign with the Eagles when he was coming out of out of Penn State. So that that's a connection there, and that's where and he, and then he ended up trading him to Buffalo, and that's that's where that connection is there. But with Simeon, I, I don't I don't see the connection there. I'm not sure what he is. Maybe, maybe it's just maybe just a, a camp quarterback. We'll see what happens. But yeah. Yeah, um, I, I actually liked him coming out of Northwestern and thought he might have been a good guy to bring into camp and develop him. Uh, but to me, it just seems like it's too late now for a Trevor Simeon. Why not just stick with Foles as the backup for 2022? I mean, you're, you're blowing the whole thing up. It's not like Trevor Simeon is a is a piece for the future. I don't understand that move. But unless, unless it's a trade scenario out there that we don't know about with Foles that that team is but I mean if you think about it every single team pretty much has their starters already yeah. kind of filled right 
Um, maybe a team uh, values Foles as, as a backup or something like that. I'm not sure if Doug Peterson wants him back in, in Jacksonville to back up, you know, his young guy and Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, who knows. Right. But uh, it's, it's just something that, that, you know, the signing of Simeon makes no sense unless you have a trade set up with Foles. Cause if you, even if you bring him in as, as a, as a third quarterback, as a camp quarterback, you know, it, it, I don't know what the, the, uh, the guarantee money was in the drill. I don't expect it to be, you know, high mm-hmm. um so that, that's the thing is like the, my first thought was something must be up with, with nick Foles. there must be something going on with either they're going to release some flat or release them or they're just gonna you know trade them so we'll see what happens yeah we already have a camp quarterback his name is ryan willis yeah there right. you go so that's a that's a that's a head scratcher when, when you said breaking news i thought well, maybe they might have you know signed an actual you know player here i don't think it was going to be trevor simeon mm-hmm. yeah i uh, i'm shocked by by seeing that but brad biggs uh reported it Three minutes ago, uh, Mike McCartney, who is uh, Simeon's agent and a very good friend of Greg Greg Gabriel. So maybe Greg Gabriel will have some uh, insight for us. Greg and I are doing a show Monday at 11 a.m. Central. And Greg is going to do something that I think you guys, uh, Neil and Danny and everyone else, are going to be really interested. He wants to do a show that takes us into NFL organizations and what is going on right now. Uh, what uh, what are where are teams in their preparation for their draft? What are the, what is the process that is going on right now? For instance, at Hallis Hall, uh, what's the, the the scouting director having his scouts do? What uh, is the play, uh, pro personnel d- director doing? Uh, that kind of talk. So it's going to be very process oriented uh, show uh, on on Monday. Uh, probably not a lot of talk about some of the prospects. Uh, Greg has just started to evaluate uh, guys on tape, so we'll get to that on the following shows. But uh, next Monday should be a really interesting show for uh, fans who love process. And uh, Danny and Neil are nodding their heads. They can't wait. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we already know some of that stuff because I've already he's already told me. But you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure well, you guys are going to find this very very interesting. Yeah. So, um, all right, guys, a great, great job. Again, uh, this show dedicated to our good buddy, Ryan Badgley. Badge, we love you, brother. And uh, that's it for this week's episode of Draft on Tap. We'll see you all next Thursday right here.